Breakfast was we're good. live. Okay, we are live. Episode number 109 with the great Daniel DeMartino Booth with the BizDoc and TZ Tom Zenner in the house. So uh, excited to do episode 109. This is the first week we've done three back to back to back. Yesterday we had John E. Deaton on representing XRP. Guys, we can hear you if you're speaking in the background. Okay, we had John E. Deaton on. And then uh, Tuesday we had Matt Zeller on. And then today, obviously, this is it. So we got a lot to cover. Uh, Danielle, before we get into it, uh, uh, our buddy, uh, uh, Adam, I don't know if you saw that, uh, Tyler, Adam had a message for you. Did you guys see that or no? Adam was at his house, uh, uh, extremely focused. He's listening right now. Did you did you see the story or no? So who is that? Whose audio? Is that mine or is that yours or is that whose is that? Because I'm off. I hear the audio. You guys hear that or no? There's like an interview going on in the background. Yeah, I hear the audio in the background. It's not us. You guys turn it down? Okay, was it you, Tyler? No, no. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so if you want to see the story, uh, Tyler, I want to text it to you. Uh, uh, it was very important for Adam for us to show it because everybody's asking, which one do you want me to send it to, by the way? VT MacBook Pro? Okay. It's coming your way. This is to Danielle and the rest of the vitamin audience. I, I can't get, like, you know, I can't have, like, an allergic, allergic reaction to a, to a virtual cat. Tyler, try to not show any of the private Mario videos anymore. It's a little awkward, but I right, press play. Adam's definition of a productive day. Of being productive. Can your dog do that? Can your dog do that? <laughs> <laughs> He's so proud, though. This is the cat catching the Nerf basketball. Okay, that's really... Um, Adam, I think you need to get out more. Danielle, how many alpha male do you think wake up playing with their cat like that? I mean, that's just to me, it's inspirational, if you ask me. There's a market for it. Well, that's I, amazing. <laughs> I, I can tell you this much. There, there's one. There's one market? For sure there's one person in the market. No, I, I think... Adam. How about Adam can't even get the ball to the rim? That's okay, the problem. So I, I've got a good... I've got a good... Well, Hanukkah's already come and gone. However, for next Hanukkah, I was in Paris, and this guy was walking around with, um, he, he had on a, a backpack. Yeah. And the front of the backpack was a plastic bubble, that you, the clear plastic bubble. So it was like a backpack, but you wear it on the front of your body. Yeah. It's kind of like a, yeah. you carry a baby or something. Like not a that baby I ever, snuggler. A baby, not, not that I ever did that. Um, and then inside of the bubble was a cat. So the guy was effectively taking the cat out for a walk just to do some sightseeing. Now, as far what a as, sweetheart. <laughs> And I'm like, what the? <laughs> That's a sweetheart, though. And I'm like scrambling to get uh-huh. my phone and take a picture because I'm like, nobody's going to believe this. Well, did you hear the story about the woman getting kicked off the plane because she was nursing her cat on the plane? Yeah. That was a legit story about but a month you ago. Know what, you know what Adam did? Uh-huh. Adam found out her name and he DM'd her. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not. True story. Okay, anyways, Adam, we love you. We is, miss you. Is, is DM a, a technical term? Is who? Is DM? Yes. Is that like declaw? Is that like declawed? It, it, it is a technical term. Anyways, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got... Uh, uh, apparently, Tim Cook uh, reportedly signed a secret $275 billion deal with China in 2016 uh, to skirt some government regulators. Who knows if this is a story or not? We'll cover that. The Federal Reserve, we want to get an update from you on what's going on with inflation. I heard something the other day that Goldman Sachs is predicting seven, seven rate hikes by the Federal Reserve wow. in 2020. See if you can uh, 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 have th- some thoughts on that. 22, Low, right? 2022, low literacy levels amongst uh, U.S. adults could be costing the economy $2.2 trillion a year. You got something to say about that. White House says restarting student loans is a high priority, sparking outrage. Tom Ellsworth's got something to say about that. And then Blumenthal speaks at the Communist Party award ceremony. That's very, very weird. Cuomo ordered to return a $5.1 million pandemic book profit he made. 
And then Pelosi rejects stock trading ban for Congress, uh, members of Congress. We are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. So having said that, Danielle, why don't you give us an update on what's going on with the economy today? Well, uh, let's, um, let, let's bring up the chart. Let, let, let's start off today by bringing up the chart. Because believe it or not, what's going on with the economy has a lot to do with how much money the government is giving people. And people don't have a good appreciation for that. We're actually starting to see shipping rates turn. And this is a global phenomena. We're starting to see inventories build. This is a global phenomena. So the supply chain disruption that we've been talking about for the last 18 months, it's starting to dissipate. And companies have gone from just in time to just in case. So you don't want to build up stockpiles, by the way. That, that's not good business practices. And yet so many companies are. On the fiscal front, though, if you look at what beef inflation was, damn near 25% year over year. Forget the 6.8%. Forget that. But poultry was up. 14% year over year. I mean, we're talking about monumental moves in the most essential prices. We, we know housing prices are, are through the roof. However, there's a reason. There's a reason that we're seeing inflation to the extent that we are. And it has everything to do with fiscal policy run amok. So this is the, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. And this it used to be called food stamps. Yep. On the day that Biden said, had to walk back and say, I meant what I said, August the 16th, about Afghanistan. He had a New York Headlines hit right then and there, New York Times headline hit that said, SNAP benefits to increase 32% in the biggest increase in the history of the program. So he signed an executive order in January and he said, let's revisit the food pyramid and see how much money we really need to give families. And by the way, in, oh, in, in right, right before the pandemic, we were kind of in the $190 range-ish, $125 range. This is per person. Can you explain to the average person what this is? This is the average benefit that, that an American receiving what we used to call food stamps gets deposited to a debit card on a monthly basis. Okay, so this is this is this is a, a food stamps being given away, given away to the average person. Right. And, okay. And in 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 August, when he was when the international community was enraged because of the, of how badly Afghanistan had gone. Yep. The executive order. All of a sudden, the report was ready to be rolled out that same day. That said, we're going to give people thirty two percent more. Thirty two percent. So they buried more. it essentially. As it's of like a, October the first. Yeah. Data are not available, but this is this is an extrapolation, if you will, because we only have data through September. But if you extrapolate what the average U.S. household was getting, yeah. give or take uh, $400, you bump it up, $570 hmm. per household. That's if, you, that's if you've got like two kids, per household. Add that to the average of $550 that 61 of the 73 million children in America are getting the child tax credit. 90% of U.S. households with children are getting cash from the government. Yesterday was the last payment. And you add these two up. 90%. 90%. In 2019, there were 73. That's hard to believe. In 2019, there were 73 million children in America. We okay. know that since then, the birth rate has declined. Yep. So that 73 number is probably high, and immigration has crashed. So, but as of, as of December the 15th, the last cash payment that we know is going to occur without Build Back Bigger, as of December the 15th, the average U.S. household was getting $550 in cash, okay. 90%. 61 million of the 73 million children in America. Families who do not need the money, period, end. 
In addition to that, the CARES Act greatly expanded the percentage of Americans who are eligible for assistance with, with buying food. So on October the 1st, we don't have the data yet, the benefits went up by 32%. Again, you hear these anecdotes. If you're, if you're Joe Q household in America and you're getting $1,100 in cash at a minimum a month and you, your spouse can stay home, which means you don't have to pay for childcare, are you ever going back into the workforce? So I'm probably gonna, probably not for core jobs under fifty thousand a year. Exactly because it doesn't make economic and sense. And that's the line we're they've talking done about. the math. So mm -hmm. they're giving people so much money that that the fraud is rampant. Yeah, if you're Joe Q with five mm -hmm. kids and you're getting fifteen hundred dollars a month times two, if you're Joe Q, what do you do with all this money yeah. on a debit card to buy yeah. food? Right. When you don't want to buy that much food. You sell it to your sure. You sell it to your liquid uncle for fifty cents on the dollar. You got eight thousand dollars sitting on this debit card. You're like, what the hell am I going to do with eight thousand dollars? I don't want food. I want other things. But is this stopping? No, this is not stopping. That's why we brought up the chart. There's some emergency measures in there that are going to decrease. Ever so so what you're saying is to divert from the Afghanistan. Story, I'm just I'm just hit, saying that it was a coincidence that it, was, it happened to roll out on the okay. same exact day right. that he had to he had to say I stand by my decision. It's one of those August the 16th. Got it. Got it. So it's one of those coincidences like dropping a new story at four o'clock on Friday and the other tricks that our government does to right. kind of divert the distraction. So we could debate the distraction. But on that day, they raised it and it was not temporary. It's permanent. And so you have people that are getting a tax credit simply because you check the box. That's how you fill out your taxes and the tax software does it automatically. And then you have, that's the half you're talking about. Yep. And the other half is these debit cards that are out there for the other half of them. Because 90% of American households don't have one of these debit cards no, from no, the government. No, 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 This is not 90% the child tax credit. So you're talking 90% of you are getting and that a is, tax credit that, yeah, you're, yep. that you're, your tax guy's Quicken software automatically puts on because it's yep. part of the regulation. And then the other half is getting these cards. And these cards are now up to this yep. to the point that there's a secondary redistri redistribution model Massive. where people are monetizing it and selling it well, to and I'm not uncle. saying that this is the norm, but I'm just saying I was in Austin for the for Down the Middle Austin series last week. And we're, I mean, to hear the anecdotes of somebody with eight, ten thousand dollars built up on a, on a debit card, <laughs> you sell it to your uncle who's liquid. Your uncle gives you fifty cents on the dollar, so you've got cash to buy whatever you want. All, all the, all the bad goodies in the world, all the good goodies in the world. What does your uncle do? Are what, those what, debit cards only? They're anonymous. Set up? They're anonymous. Okay. They're interchangeable. So what does your uncle? There's not a name on there. Mm -mm. No, you just use it at you use it almost like a gift card when you yeah. go to check out you can at Kroger. Buy, you, you can buy a cold sandwich, but not a hot sandwich. <laughs> and you can't buy booze, and you can't buy cigarettes, you can't buy anything that's bad for you. Right, you but can if only you buy bought food. standard food, Pat, at right there at the little checkout at Kroger, you would just use it, and they have no clue okay. that you're using so, basically a card that's a program. Gentlemen, card. I, I have a quick question before we before we jump in. If you're the uncle who just paid paid fifty cents on the dollar for yeah. this card, what's for dinner? Is it is it ground beef, or is it wagyu? Whatever they're hungry for. Exactly, because they've just paid fifty cents on the dollar for cash. Yeah. Why is why is beef inflation up twenty two percent year over year? Why yep. is a pound of bacon nine ninety nine? But but here's here's what happens with this. This is when you get destroyed in midterms. You know, destroyed. Uh, yeah, the, destroyed. Yeah. So the, so the point the point is there's cause and effect. The great thing about the system is there's cause and effect. Mm -hmm. You can do all of this free stuff thinking it's going to work, 
And then you realize the math doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And then you get destroyed. And then everybody right. says it was your fault. And then they gradually distance themselves from you because, God forbid, if a person is seen that's a Biden camp and you're a congressman trying to run again, you're like, if you're part of his camp, you're not going to get reelected. Yeah. You notice a lot of people are not getting around him today. They're trying to stay away from and CNN yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw CNN yesterday made a uh, uh, story. They talked about the fact that. Uh, who are some potential candidates to replace Biden? Right. They're already talking about. No, they were making a huge deal yeah. out of that. Yesterday. Oh, they, they were not. They were. They that was like their talking thing of the day. And, oh. and yeah. did you hear what one person came out and said yesterday? That said, if it's going to be a consequential event if this person gets reelected, you know who that legendary person was that said this? The sweetest human being in the world, the most beloved person in America, who Trump, is Trump more Trump. ambitious to want to be a president than anybody else we have currently in America that didn't get there. But Newsweek did a special magazine on this individual saying, Madam President, do you know who that person is? Hillary, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you imagine if that. Hillary runs again in 2023, oh 2024? She'll be, what, 90? So anyway, so the point is, you can do all this stuff all you want, but you're not going to do well, right. and you're going to get crushed in midterm. So keep doing it. Yeah, and you know, right. Danielle, the key word that you threw out there was fraud, because this thing is just ripe for fraud. You know, last- You gamed, you gamed the system. Last fall- so when no, I was coming, it's not just ripe. The fruit's being picked. You're correct. <laughs> so when I was going back and forth from Dallas to LA last last year, the final four months of the year, I was going back and forth every single week. Every single week, the planes were full, right? And this is when travel was shut mm -hmm. down, and I could not figure it out. I mean, why are the planes full coming back from Dallas to LA? You can't go anywhere. The city's shut down. There's nothing to do. Finally, this really smart guy informed me what was going on, and he was an Uber driver. The, la the massive level of fraud that was going on with the handouts last year on the debit cards. Oh, yeah. People would fly in that have never been on a plane before, by the way. A lot of these people have never flown anywhere. They come to L.A., Uber drivers pick them up and drive them from ATM to ATM. They withdraw $300 at a time on these fraudulent cards. And then they rent big houses in the Hollywood Hills and throw these huge parties. Oh, my God. They rent luxury cars for two to $3,000 a day. And that's what was going on for four months. Billions and billions and billions of dollars in fraud with that handout program last year. All right. And by the way, a few people got arrested and they went to jail for it. I mean, uh, there, there's yeah, major yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm going to pose a question to Tom because he got one step in front of me because you were you were going right where I was going. Because Patrick started off by saying, where's the U.S. economy oh, going? It's, it's trouble when you compliment Tom. No, no, no. Because it's, it's over. No, no. Especially at the beginning the of the show. Time. We're done. Uh, he, 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 know, he knows what's happening. No, this is my sister from another mother. We're thinking the same he way He knows what happens on... Okay, so if you're Joe Q, I've been collecting the child tax credit in cash. Do you still anticipate that you're going to get your big tax refund on January the 31st when you go to H&R Block, wherever you go to electronically file your taxes? Are you still planning on getting that tax refund? Like in general or that no, the, day? No, just in general. The middle class and the slightly upper middle class that's using H&R Block, they still think it's coming. So they still think the income tax refund Absolutely. Coming. But the child tax credit has been paid out in cash. Post facto, past tense. So we're talking about whoopsie. A, and, and and Biden wants to to start paying back student loans on February the first, right at the same time that people are not getting their income tax refunds that they were thinking that they were going to get to pay off their credit card debt from Christmas. Oh, it's just going to be. Whoopsie I mean, too. fire up the printing presses. More money. No, it's just no, uh, the, no, no, the, no, no, the Republicans no. don't even have to. They don't have to hire a, 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 they, an advertising agency for the for the primary season. Patrick just, is correct. They can just sit back and just and say sixty-one. What's well, and then you couple all that with the crime, right? Yeah. And, and then it's a toxic. Pat, mess Pat you're them. absolutely right. Well, Pat made a point in a 
a minute ago. He says, hey, you can keep doing this for free to do this. What they have done on fiscal policy during this reaction to COVID, and they have pushed the free pendulum all the way over here. It's a combination of free and printing money, and they push it over here. All of a sudden, that pendulum is going to be too heavy, and it swings back the other way. It has to. It has to. And they can spin it all they want, and Saki can say whatever she wants from the podium, and the average person is telling you, my milk is now 6 bucks a gallon. The average person is telling you, my gas is expensive. And those are the people that are going to the polls. So you can spin it any way you want, but the t- charts are speaking truth, and Pat's, you're absolutely right. It's coming. It's yeah, let, me, let me ask a different question. So I remember we were in the Army, okay, and you'd go into formation. You had a long weekend. You partied hard, and one weekend I'm, I'm doing <laughs> guard duty, and we had this one guy. If I say the name, no one's going to know who this guy is, but his name was Jackson. Only the guys that were at the unit would know. This guy was Chris Tucker uh, combined with Dave Chappelle. Hilarious guy, but he loved smoking weed. And in the Army, you couldn't smoke weed. If you did, you'd get caught. You know, you're going— getting an Article 15, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And we had another guy, I can't say his name because his last name is very unique. He was a cocaine guy. So <laughs> on one end of the hall, we had a mountain of cocaine. I walked in one day, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He said, but David, you can't tell anybody, dog, you know? <laughs> like, dude, you gotta, how the hell do you have this much cocaine? Oh, and you only make 800 bucks a month. Yeah. How do you? He says, well, such and such gave it to me. We well, follow each other. Well, it's a distribution other. deal. Anyways, so he says, such and such gave it to me. But anyways, don't tell anybody. You want something? I said, no, bro, I'm totally fine. But you know what? Please, get rid of this stuff. I think you're clinically no, yeah, hooked. The last up. thing you need <laughs> is coke. So now I go back to the other side. So one end, the door's open. They're doing coke. The other end smells like freaking Bob Marley showed up out of nowhere and resurrected and they're smoking nonce. And by the way, the worst part is smoke's coming from the bottom of the, what do you call it? The, 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 the door, door, right? Oh, that's good. So I'm like, Jackson, you're making, I'm, I'm responsible. I got guard duty, bro. You're ruining my life right now. I'm going to get in trouble. He says, dude, but David, dog, you can't do nothing, man. You got to tell him I'm not doing nothing. I said, I said, here's what I need you to do. I can tell him anything, but their nose so, knows. So I said, dude, light up incense everywhere. So he says, okay, okay, uh, yeah, good idea, Doc. So I go grab my incense. I get everybody to get him incense. He's got 50 light up. <laughs> you should see this place makes no sense. So Sergeant calls me. Uh, but David, yeah, yeah, Sarge, I- I'm coming through. Oh, I'm like, God. Listen, I would suggest we start off with the one that's the most troubled one, which is Charlie Company, which is the one that's the most peaceful. They're easy going Stall guys. tactic, right? So we start with Charlie. And I'm taking my time. I think we have to be careful with this floor. It was filled with, you know, Christians and Mormons. They were good <laughs> kids, right? So I said, but you got to be careful with these guys because you know how they are sometimes. There's, there's a bottle of Jack rollers. Yeah. So anyways, we go to second floor. I'm taking my time. I'm like, dude, I got like, if I can, 45 minutes, I open the windows, everything. Anyways, he says, we got to go to HHC because Jackson's there. I said, Jackson's the biggest sweetheart. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> he says, but David, you and I know who Jackson is. I said, do it. So we go there, and we were walking up. He says, what's that smell? I say, they were barbecuing earlier. <laughs> he says, that doesn't smell like barbecue. Like I said, oh, something burned. Something burned here. He said, no, I smell wheat. I said, no, it's incense. Incense smells very similar. <laughs> so he goes, and you see the smoke coming out of Jackson's deal. <laughs> Dude, he knocks on the door, opens the door. What's up, Sasha? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And I'm like, Jackson, wipe that look off your face. So he's got two other buddies that sit in there. And um, I said, you guys smoking weed? Me? 
I don't smoke the weed. What are you talking about? This is, we're reading poetry and so, this is incense. So I'm like, I'm like, no, no, listen, let's just go the other way. Let's go the other way because I said, no, no, they're smoking with us. I said, sorry, they're not smoking weed. He said, they're smoking with us. I said, sorry, what are you talking about? It's incense. You ever had, I said, smell this. It doesn't smell. So anyways, we leave. So at this point, I'm thinking I got away with it. We go to the other side. The cocaine guy covers it up, okay? Which, by the way, that guy ended up going to jail for like five years. Military, hmm. prison, bad situation because he wouldn't stop doing cocaine. You're not supposed to do it in the Army. You're not supposed to do it, period. But in the Army, it's even worse. Anyways, we go to formation. Weekend ends. We're like, guys, hey, big dog, we made it. You're my homie. I'm like, dude, we made it. We're straight up. So Monday morning, all right, um, we're doing a random drug test. <laughs> if your social, the last four of your social starts with the number six, and four, step up. So whose numbers are they? <laughs> it's Jackson's, Jackson. mine, and the other guy. So I'm like, hey, I know I'm clean. So I step up. I'm like, oh, shit, Jackson. Oh, dog. I don't, I don't have the, what do you call the, the thing you would pour on your uh, uh, a vinegar. Uh, they didn't have the yeah. vinegar because you had to tip it. And then, anyways, anyway, we're learning a little too much here. So he goes, dude, I don't have that. You got it. I said, dude, I'm not going to have any. So anyways, we go get tested. And the way they tested, the, the way they tested is they're watching. It's not testing. Hey, go right. give the No, no, they're not doing that. So put your hands on the side. One hand only. Let me see. Very awkward. So we come out. He said, what do you think is going to happen? I said, dude, either you're going to test positive for incense or you're going to test positive for weed. <laughs> what is it? Or barbecue. You're yeah. test positive. So the cocaine guy doesn't get tested for nothing. He gets away for whatever wow. reason. He, they didn't get him. Well, they got not him yet. six months later, yeah. but they didn't get him that time. He, would, he just couldn't help, help himself. He was too pretty of a guy, and he party. I introduced him to one club, and he just went crazy. Hmm. Jackson gets caught, and he goes demote, gets demoted from specialist to an E1, okay? And he has to do bathroom, you know, all this stuff he has to clean up. He said, I'm like, Jackson, I told you, bro. So I come up clean. Everybody's good. We leave. Jackson's out. The other guy goes to military prison, and people have to figure out, probably not a good idea to smoke weed and do cocaine in the Army, right? I come out of the Army. I talked to one of my friends who him and I worked at Burger King together. He was the cashier and I was the chef. And so chef, they wouldn't make a, me cashier. They said, you talk too much. So I was a, the, that's I was, a big word. I was a chef. Yeah. Listen, I like being a chef. At, it's a whopper, no onions, right? Mm. So one day we get into the biggest debate about welfare and social security and all these uh, Section 8 and all this stuff. I said, you know what I think they need to do? He says, what? Biggest debate. I'm curious to know what you guys will say. I said, I don't mind if you give an un unemployment benefits to people. Some people need it for three, six months to recover. I totally get you need to give welfare and uh, food stamps to certain people. But here's what I think they need to do. What's that? I think every month you ought to get drug tested. If you test positive, you don't get taxpayer money. If you test negative, listen, we'll help you out. Yeah. But there's one criteria. You cannot do drugs. He lost his mind. He says that's not fair. What would it take if we were to drug test people that are getting you know, whatever it is, WIC, any of this stuff that we're getting, what percentage of people do you think wouldn't get the benefits? Well, you know, through the 80s and 90s, it, you know, you would have a tremendous percent of people under 30 that test positive marijuana and don't get the benefits. And now you've got 25 states where it's perfectly legal to go get high and just go buy it at the drugstore. You can get edibles and whatever you want. They're, you know, process. Yeah, but, 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 but what Patrick so, is yeah. saying is in order to qualify, you have yeah. to be 90%. You, no, I don't think it's that high. 90, Jesus no, no, Christ. No, no. I, I was going to say a fifth. Dude, I've, dude. Adam, Adam right now is rolling. I don't think it's 90%. No, no, I, I would say at least a third. I'm, I'm going to go with a third. Fine. I think that's conservative. Okay, let's just say a high of 90%, which I'm sure he's being conservative was in that, his mind. Was that a pun? You're a third. Let's say, <laughs> let's, 
<laughs> let's say there's third. A, there's a delayed reaction this morning with Patrick. Is you, know, he, is you, you don't understand. Let's say you, third. Is let's, he related to Charles? No, no, let's Tom, say help me third. out here. Let's say Are you third. really serious? You only think one third of people that get Tom, these free benefits that don't have to do shit all month are only a third Fine. of them? Fine, how about or, we say 50%? Okay. Let's just say 50%. At, at some point during the month, they would test positive if they hit yeah. it up? 90. Let's you're, say, you're let's really say, jacked up about this. I thought high 90 was a fastball, but now you're talking about <laughs> drug percentage. Let's say 50%. Let's say 50%. What do you think would happen if that was a standard? He said, look, no problem. You're going through tough times. My rule for unemployment, you know how people want to get unemployment? Here's my unemployment would work. What were you making at your job? Four grand a month. How much is unemployment? We're paying you two grand a month. That's it. No problem. Here's what I want you to do. Your four grand a month, you were working uh, 40 hours a week? I was. The two grand we're giving you unemployment, I want you to give 20 hours of community service. Exactly. And we'll pay the two grand a month, but as, it's 20 hours of community right. service. As long as you're not disabled. You know how quickly people would get off of unemployment? Oh, my right. gosh. Very, listen, we need community service. The side of the freeways are dirty, bro. We need your help. But you're so awesome. We'll give you this $2,000 in exchange and a drug test once a month. We'll That's totally right. do that. Here's your reflective vest and your orange bag, and people would be like the side of the freeway going, my friend's on this freeway texting. I do not want to be here. They would be off unemployment in 10 seconds. Yeah, that, that's the point. So the point is, do you want people off of unemployment? Do you want people off of welfare? Do you want people, not you, politicians, establishment, do they want people off of entitlement programs? No. Or do they need no. them this on is, entitlement programs to get the voters. votes? This is buying voters. This is buying voters. But look at, look, look, it, look at the gray line. It has been yeah. proven. That's the unintended consequence. That's okay. food at home inflation. It is. And that's, th this is a government program yeah. ma making inflation higher than it would otherwise be, which is the most regressive tax yeah. in the world, inflation. Let, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Because the people that are putting these policies together have smart people around them, or they are smart. They're not idiots. Do they think we're idiots and that they're just going to force feed us this as long as they possibly can? Is well, this a day-to-day -day game for them just to stay relevant and to be reelected? Or do they think these policies work? What well, let me, let me ask you a question. When it comes down to parents, you think parents are smart or you think they're dumb? I think they're smart. Okay, good. All right, yeah. let's, let's qualify yeah. all parents as smart. Okay. Do you think some parents uh, uh, who say a father who has not been in a picture comes back, he wants to win the kids over, how do fathers try to win their kids over? Money, money, and attention, gifts, right? yeah. What do kids later on say in life when they have that one big fight with their father? Stop trying to buy me with what? With yeah. gifts, right? right? When people grow up, some kids are gonna be like, dude, I love it, give me more <laughs> gifts, this is great! Yeah. But some kids say what? I don't want you, I don't want you to love me with something. money. Mm -hmm. I want you to put some time into me and help me grow yeah. up. You were not there for that time. There's going to be a percentage of people that are going to be like, this This political party is awesome. This is great. Yeah. I'm loving this. But there's going to be a few people that are going to be like, listen, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm sick and tired of it. Listen, I got it. I got it. You can't buy me with money. I don't want any of these entitlement well, programs. I mean, again, 61 of the 73 million children in America, 90... What percentage of Americans know that they're getting money that they don't need and are pissed off? A lot. I mean, I heard people. Well, I don't know about pissed off because no, probably. No. But you know, well, it's I mean, funny. I, but people, I've I've heard people say like, why isn't this money going to people who really need it? Why am I getting this money? Oh, I don't know. No, that, that's it. a reaction. I hear people say that all the time. I just got a deposit. I, I don't know why they're sending me money, right? I mean, right. people that probably don't need it, exactly. they're still getting the handout. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. We had a board meeting last week. Tom was in the room, and one of my investors gets up, and he says, "You know, last year I called Pat." And I called Pat, I said, hey, uh, they're giving away uh, the PPP loans, okay? And we can get pretty much free money. I said, what's the number? He says, a little bit less than five million bucks we can get if we go get it. But remember, we don't have to pay this back. I said, why, are we, why, why do we take the money? He says, listen, just take the money. You don't need to worry yeah. about it because we don't have to p take it back. You can, I said, Take the money and run. I said, I'm not doing it, bro. He says, I said, so then they call another board member to call me and say, we should take this money. I hmm. said, we have money. Why am I taking five million bucks? 
He said, because they're doing it for everybody. And everybody, I said, I'm not going to do it. So he brought up this story to say, Pat didn't want to take it. Why am I taking the money if I, if I want to be fine? I don't need this money. Give it to people that are struggling. The restaurant owner that's getting crushed, right. give him exactly. that money. Exactly. They need tremendous help. Exactly. We're going to be okay. Well, so, the board should be happy that you took that stance. Integrity, you know? Well, uh, sure. But that board member is a very, very uh, driven uh, by the numbers okay. guy. And I love him, but he's a, he's a business guy. Great guy, by the way. Fantastic guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is what it is. Anyway, so we'll see what's going to happen here with these numbers and the direction inflation is going. So having said that, having said that, uh, inflation surged to 6.8% in November. Okay, yeah. even more than expected to fastest rate since 1982. Yeah. Federal Reserve is expected to take a very big step towards a rate hike. It's what they're talking about right now. This is a CNBC story. Uh, they're they're about to announce a dramatic policy shift Wednesday that will clear the way yep. for the first interest hike rate next year. Markets are anticipating the Fed will speed up the wind down of its bond buying program, changing the end to March in uh, uh, from June. That would free the central bank to start raising interest rates from zero, and Fed officials are expected to release a new forecast showing two to three interest rate hikes in 2022 and another three to four in 2023. The big wild card for markets is what the Fed says about its balance sheet, which was $4.1 trillion in January. The 2022 before pandemic was swollen to $8.7 trillion. You just mentioned that there is uh, one set of analytics that said that expecting as many as seven mini hikes during the year. No, no, I said that. I you said, said that? Goldman Sachs. Goldman, Goldman yeah. Sachs yeah, so seven. Goldman Sachs says seven. Isn't that interesting? Well, listen, yesterday was a, a, shock, a shock for the markets, and the, the Fed officials are being so aggressive because they, they announced that the, the median probability is now three rate hikes, according to Fed officials, according to the dot plot, according to the anonymous votes. So a, a, a preponderance of the, 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 the officials on the Federal Reserve Board are now anticipating three rate hikes next year. But as we see, Fed hikes seen starting with yield curve flattest in a generation. It's a wonky thing to discuss, but the reason stocks are up is because stocks are like, they're not going to be able to do it. Because we've had the difference between the two-year Treasury yield and the 10-year Treasury yield, which is, by the way, what I spent all of 2019 talking about. I spent all of one whole year talking about the damn yield curve. But we've had the difference between the two-year and, and the 10-year yield go from 161, 1.6 percentage points in April at the peak of the stimulus, stimulus checks 3.0, mm-hmm. to where it is today, half of that 80 basis points. So it's been cut in half. So we, it's a record decline. Once that yield curve gets really flat, it tends to say we're going into recession. So the markets yesterday were like, they can, right. they, they can try and raise interest rates all they want. But they cannot raise interest rates if the yield curve is flat or even worse, inverted, because that signals a recession. So try me. Go for it. Hurry up with the taper. Right now, they're on track because they've doubled the size of their the, the reduction in purchases to from 15 to $30 billion starting in January. So they're on track to finish with the taper, to stop growing the balance sheet by March 15th at the rate that they have announced officially yesterday. So in theory, on the March 17th meeting, two meetings from now, they could launch the first interest rate hike. But let's go back to tax season and the money that people are not getting back in interest in, in, in income tax refunds yeah. and the child tax credit not being paid January the 15th for the first time. And Biden seeming to pull it out of his, uh, the, the February the 1st student loan repayment. 
Let's talk about what the first quarter of this economy is going to look like and whether the Fed's going to be able to do a single yeah. interest rate hike, one... despite inflation, which there's a word for it. It's called stagflation. Yeah. And it's the worst of all possible situations because your growth is slowing while prices are still rising. And it's the hardest to break. If and you... it is the hardest to break. And wait till people start getting it's, their it's energy hard. bills over the winter. If it gets cold, forget yeah. it. Game over. And you know, when it comes so to the Biden administration is going to be praying for COVID strain number six to distract the American people from the fact that a multi-point assault on the economy is happening. In the How bad do you think it's going to be? How bad do you think the Look, economy? J- J.P. Morgan came out yesterday morning and they said, you know what, our, our health care conference is going virtual. So let's try and multiply that out, right, when travel's coming back, right? When, right, right when all the everything, in-person conferences, I mean, I've got, I've got them lined up. Through That's the, one of the biggest of the year, by the way. That's in San Francisco, I believe. It, it, is, it is now virtual. Could you imagine if people had access to these types of conversations a year ago, right before the election? Do you think it would have changed people's minds oh. knowing where the economy was going? Because a lot of people predicted this. This isn't something you that's totally... You don't totally executive order the USDA into increasing the food stamp program by 32%. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is like... What's being done to the U.S. taxpayer quietly is is just yeah. criminal. Yeah. And you just need more people to talk about it. And I'm telling you, 61 seats, a 61 seat swing come November is going to look like a walk in the park well, compared to the, what's going to happen the in, in, in the Senate already, and the House. The narrative's already shifted, you can tell. And it's a story later if we want to talk about it. But even how some of these liberal mayors are talking about crime right now, they're actually admitting that it exists. And you know that's a preemptive strike for the elections. But when it comes to inflation, I think sure. everybody has this but it's uh, true. aha moment, right, when you realize inflation is real. For me, it hit me the other day. I was at the grocery store. I bought two apples. I was going to buy two apples. Two apples. It was like four bucks. Four, yeah. four fifty. I'm going for for two apples. Well, what's what's in the apple? <laughs> well, Jackson had hidden some uh, marijuana in there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I had to throw it over the wall at Guantanamo. <laughs> it's the secret special apple. That was a bad apple. No wonder you're in a good mood. It makes sense. How about arm. them apples? I know, huh? man. Oh, I bought twelve oh, more. I bought twelve I like, more. I like these. The not only these that, apples. I like them apples. But David is en fuego this morning. But you know, I, go, I don't need those apples that bad. I don't <laughs> need apples, right? That's a ridiculous. Four yeah. or five bucks I didn't, for apples? I didn't buy the stupid for two pound, apples. I didn't buy the pound of bacon. Yeah, I well, somebody didn't. told me it was so 10 you, bucks for a bag you, of oranges. You have a problem with bacon. This guy's got a problem with apples. <laughs> but by the way, how are things in California right now? You know, you and I texted back and forth the other day with the whole grades where they're getting rid of uh, yes. uh, uh, Fs and some LA, and LAUSD and yeah. Ds, right? Some cities, they're not going to do Ds. They're, but w- how, how are things with crime, bad. street? I mean, you've seen a lot of videos. People are walking and taking stuff, but we're not living in California. You're there. What is it uh, like? On Dallas, Texas, too. I, I know four people that have been either held up, had a gun pointed at them, something violent, a violent encounter. And this, this is in Beverly Hills. This is in the Pacific Palisades. I personally know them. I personally know people that have had guns. Pulled on them, robberies around them. You know, I, we were, were they to, making a movie with Alec Baldwin? <laughs> no, oh. actually, he he took a sabbatical. Um, wow. I, I, we had a Christmas party last week. A good friend in Beverly Hills, and literally, I was thinking about it all day. I was thinking, is there going to be security there? Because literally, they're they're hitting holiday parties now. They'll come in, and they'll they'll, well, they'll watches, wallets, and rings. It's happening. It yep. really is. And I literally asked him. I said, by the way, is there going to be security there? Have they thought about hiring somebody? Luckily, it was in an enclosed condo complex where you couldn't get in. Yep. But I was literally thinking about that huh. all day. I think about that where where you drive, where you go. People don't wear their watches 
they don't wear, they don't carry expensive things. You're you're a walking target. It, and it's just, it's really sad. You know, they had huge smash and grabs over Thanksgiving, like a lot of these big cities did. They rounded up, they arrested 17 people. Garcetti goes in front of this big press conferences. They were all released the next day, zero cash oh. bonds. It, it's really bad. They're so brazen. They don't care. They're organized. And I think right. it's starting to hit more influential people in California. Mm. That's why I think it might start shifting a little bit. Yeah. Because it just makes no sense. If you think back and yeah. think, these, they can go in and steal whatever they want, yeah. whenever right. they want. In, in the most high traffic area? So it's Pat, a great time for, for citizen watches to create a marketing campaign. Wear our watches. No one will steal them. <laughs> like a very, it's a... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like the old Swatch from 40 years ago. Hey, Pat, you know what we're talking about, the, the smashing grab? You know the Nordstrom's that's at West Hills? Yeah. It's right. It's on Topanga Canyon, yeah. and it's the edge of Canoga Park, but it's right by West Hills and where all the celebs live. Okay. You know? Calabasas is right next to that. That was the Nordstrom that was hit. So they're coming to these wow. areas. Oh, it's the not, it's oh, not it's just... We, they hit Rodeo Drive. That's it's right. Not, the one not, in Topanga? Topanga Plaza. That's the main... It's to, now, it's that's now, the best Nordstrom's in L.A. That's that's right. And it's now known as the Westfield West Hills oh at Topanga. Oh, my gosh. That's the one that got hit. <clears throat> so when, so and there was police cars chasing them. It was a huge... It was a chase. This is, this is not an isolated incident. When Nordstrom's reported their earnings, they had a special line item for theft. That's how much it's impacted Nordstrom's earnings. Yeah. It had a special one-line item for losses due to theft. And Walgreens has shut down hundreds of stores because of theft. Yeah. And it's it's organized. The, uh, the Topanga one happened this way. First three came in with bear spray, and they hit the guards. They walked in, and this was two girls, one guy, dressed reasonably. They, they had, like, you know, they were wearing, like, caps and then pull them down and then he hit the guards with the bear spray and then 20 people stream in and got all the purses and stuff that can be sold easily on ebay or with sidewalk vendors down in venice hey you want a purse yeah i mean it had a method point is that there is a playbook for this this wasn't just random i talked to i talked to uh, uh, a big uh, uh, pr from yesterday in new york and <laughs> this is how the call starts so uh, um, my friend said, you ought to get with one of these bigger PR firms. This is the main person you got to talk to. I said, no problem. So she gets on, and uh, 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 she says, uh, so how, how are things? Great. So where are you at? I'm like, I'm in uh, South Florida. You know, the, the things are great here. Ooh, I hear things about South Florida. I'm like, what do you hear about South Florida? <laughs> it's okay. I said, how are things in New York? Oh, great. I said, ooh, you know, it's great to be a part of it. I used, that was the best city in the world just a couple years ago pre-COVID. Oh. Stop exaggerating. Still the greatest city. I was on the streets the other day. People are walking everywhere. It's so free. It's still the greatest city in the world. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of strange things going on there. And you saw her like she couldn't help herself. No, this is still the greatest city in the world. And she's going with this part. I'm like, all right. I said, well, awesome. You know, more power to the great city. There are certain people that are trying to deny what's going on in their cities. New York being one of them. L.A. being one of them. And the, uh, Newsom even came out and said, I'm going to follow... Uh, what do you call it? It's a protocol. He says, what Texas yes. is doing with abortion, I'm going to be doing with gun laws, mm -hmm. is what we're going to be doing. Remember that? Yeah, that he's story? ramming that through to get yeah. rid of the uh, automatic assault rifles. Right. In, in, in L.A. Uh -huh. Anyways, yeah. uh, again, they keep doing things like this. People are going to keep leaving. People will react. There is cause and effect. I was, I, I was in New York City yesterday. I mean, I, I heard from a lot of my buddies. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back, back working at home. They shut down the office again because they, they imposed mm -hmm. mass mandates inside. Yeah.
Yeah, L.A. just shut down for another month, too. Mass indoors everywhere. Don't you just love that? It's like a way of saying, go spend time with your family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a level of nobility in Newsom when you think about yeah. it. You know, like these guys are they're so concerned about your quality time with your family. Newsom but, and nobility. I never I never made that connection. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's it's a sweet little thing that's going on there. Mm. So, OK, let's talk about student loans. Uh, White House says restarting student loans is a high priority, sparking outrage. OK, Tom, this is a story you have opinions on. Let me read it first and then you can. Uh, get right into it. It's a true uh, truth. Uh, 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 is that the one? Yes, it is. Okay. White House Secretary Jen Psaki recently announced that the Biden administration is not planning on extending the student loan payment uh, pause, sparking outrage among debt advocates and people who have struggled with student loan repayments for years. The administration is planning to allow the student debt payments pause to expire at the end of January. The pause, which was implemented to aid borrowers as the economy was rocked by the pandemic, has been in place since March of 2020. 2020. I'm angry at Biden's backtracking on key pillars he ran on. Cancellation. I'm fearing what the end of the moratorium will do for so many people, tweeted one user. Other Twitter uh, user noted that allowing repayments to start during a critical election year is a poor strategy for nation's top Democrat, which she's right. So thoughts, Tom, what do you think about this? Well, th there's like three angles to this. And the first angle there is, is I think, is political. Um, and then the other one is has to do with the large banking and the big numbers that you talk about. Right now, there's $1.7 trillion of student loans that is held by a collective sum of about 43 million you know, uh, students that ran those up. So you, the, the first thing you had is Biden ran a campaign promise when he was not yet the nominee for president. And he was fighting against the Bernie group that was completely locked in with Bernie and the Elizabeth group, Elizabeth Warren. And so he said, if I'm elected, I will cancel half of the student loan for the lower half of more, you know, um, you know economically, you know, below some line yep. students. Half of them. Half of them. Okay, good. Well, that would be $800 billion. And we just approved a $2.5 trillion debt increase. So where are you going to get the other half? You know, 800 billion from it was. It would basically be tarp for those that are carrying it. And you know what the big three are? Navient, Wells Fargo, and Discover hold 40 percent of the student loan debt. So if you're canceling the debt, what you have to do, you have to do something for the not the servicers, but you got to do something for the banking industry. And guess what? That would impact the size of BBB, and that would also impact the size of the recent increase on the debt limit because it's all related. This $800 billion is going to come from some of There it is, $1.73 trillion. Loan, yeah. And there, you'll find in there about 43, 44 million Americans that are carrying that. Yep, 43.2. Yep. yep. So you, there's... So it's the a first, big number. So the first problem is, you know, I'm not unhappy to see a civil war inside the Democratic Party about this because this is one that all the all the independents, moderates, and the Republicans kind of sit this one out, and they're watching the Democratic you know Party the have a civil war. You know what's the problem with giving things away to people for free? You know what's the problem with giving money or things away to people for free? They what's just the expect more. They it's come back. Somebody you, else's money. You eventually have to stop. That's correct. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So, for example, I had a, I had a friend of mine, best friend in the world. We went to first grade together, high school together, military, I mean, everything. No it's cocaine? Been, I, 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 no cocaine. This guy is not a cocaine guy, no. So best friend in the you world. You think about guy, that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but because it's other things. But anyways, so. But the friend so, at the other end of the hall was the marijuana guy. He was. He, the Jacksons, man, I miss that guy so much. If, I, if he finds this, I'd invite him to tell these stories because he's <laughs> that funny. Okay, Tom, stop. Okay, so. That's my bong, <clears throat> So anyway, so. 
I'm, uh, 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 I'm, I'm talking to this guy, and he says, Pat, I'm going through tough times. Okay, never forget this. I'm going through tough times. I said, uh, what are you going through? I said, I can't pay the office rent. I said, no problem. I got you this month on me. 30 days later, he makes money. He buys a nice four or $5,000 engagement ring for his girl. Rent comes. He says, Man, I'm struggling as well. I said, bro, you just made, I know how much money you made. Yeah, yeah. He says, no, no, one more month. So I said, all right, one more month. So at this point, I'm getting the good feeling of being a good friend because he likes me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. What a great friendship we have here, right? I'm bailing my friend out. Two months, three months, it ends up being eight wow. months. Eight months later, he hasn't paid rent. Then I have to tell him to do what? I, the friend, has to evict him. <laughs> I have to tell him, you cannot be in this office anymore. After eight months of not paying rent and evicting him, guess who became the enemy? I'm the bad guy. And he For went sure. nuclear. You know what? He went nuclear. You yep. know what my dad told me? Here's what my dad told me. He says, Pat, you're about to start making money. This is 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Uh, I'm 27 years old, so 16 years ago. He says, you're about to start making money. He says, when you start making real money, everyone's going to call you. You have to have a basic rule when people call you for money. I said, what's that? He said, when people call you, they'll say, hey, I need to borrow $5,000. He says, never give them, lend them $5,000 because the fastest way to lose a friend or relative. That's right. He said, instead, say the following. <clears throat> you need $5,000? You want to borrow $5,000? I can't give you $5,000. However, I can give you $300, and you never have to pay it back. So here's the, no, no, but I need $5,000. I totally get it. But the difference is I don't want to have hurt our friendship. Right. So instead of me loaning you $5,000, here's 300 bucks, but never have to worry about paying it back. It's such a confusing situation because I still helped, and you can't walk away upset. Right. And I'm still, like, helping out. So you kind of – it's kind of like this. It's like, you, yeah. okay. Sure. I'll, you know what I mean? You just kind of walk away. Mm -hmm. I think Dems have given Good so advice, much that man. eventually, eventually – you have to stop giving them money, and they're going to turn against you. You had an interview how with somebody. Was it, was it Chaz who said when he made a little bit of money, he called all of his friends? Because <laughs> I asked needed $30,000 <laughs> <laughs> loan. <laughs> so Chaz Palminteri made a bunch of money, apparently. You know, good. Yeah. he was working on projects he earned. It. He was a great actor and getting good roles and had, getting good paydays. So he said to preempt what would happen in Hollywood where people ask him, hey, $30,000, come about $30,000, I got a script, I'm going to finish it, I'm going to get a development deal, blah, 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 blah. Instead of that, what he did, he called all of his friends out and he borrowed $20,000. And then they would assume. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. They you would get assume. Brilliant. And then, then that is said, so good, And then man. they didn't call a me. A preemptive strike. He's about to yeah. get a million-dollar check. He calls all his friends, borrow him for thirty grand. They all say no. That's brilliant. Then he gets the million. Oh then when they called, they said, bro, that's you good. said, no, I can't. I can't do it. So And a great actor can pull that off. Yeah. When I think of Chaz Palminteri, I, I just, him dropping the coffee cup. In usual suspects, when he mm -hmm. sees the names on the board, and the that bottom is of the coffee cup said the Kobayashi. Yeah, just Kobayashi. So good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's no, continue. But, Pat, you're absolutely right. And so to close, close, close. You know, on student loans, you have a Democrat civil war. Number one. Number two, you, you can't throw another 800 billion on the economy. And number three, now you have a voting block that feels that they got screwed because they were promised something and it's not there. Got you know, it. here's why, final caveat, what about the people that are going to school now? I mean, are they going to be forgiven going forward in perpetuity? I mean, what if you're go going to college in two years and you have to take out loans? Yep. You know, everybody else be before you had it wiped away, but you're going to be faced no, with I'm this? I'm telling you, th this creates such a big rift and a division. Mm -hmm. It's not a pretty sight mm -hmm. because you, you eventually have to say no. This is why you have to position yourself and no. Yeah. If you start now, 
It's just a matter of time before they hate you. We could, we well, could go deep, deep, deep on this. starting January the 15th. January the 15th is the first month, mm. the, the first day that people aren't going to get the child tax credit. January the 31st is when they find out that they're also not getting an income tax refund. So there's going to be a lot of animosity before we get through the first month of the year right. in the Democratic Party, among the, the constituency that they're trying to buy their votes. Pat, the, we, could, we could go deep on this an entire podcast. Maybe we should sometime because it's also the inflation that's happened in the cost of tuition is because the universities know they're only ex, uh, accepting 10 percent of what comes in. So there's no problem with the demand. And they keep raising it because they know that the federal government is backing the student loans. Yeah. And so it's the student loan program has been. Let's a go gift to the next to story. Let's go to the next story. So f- from just the news, home prices at a 45 year high pricing many buyers out out of the market. Annual home prices were 18% higher in October of this year than they were last October and were also the highest recorded in the 45-year history of a home price index published by global property company CoreLogic. Arizona, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah saw the highest home price increases from October to October 2021, 24%. Fannie Mae's November forecast projects a median uh, price of a previously owned home to surpass $400,000 by middle of 2023. That's insane if you think about it. I mean, I know it's not a big number when you think about some areas, but it's insane when it's across the board. Mm -hmm. It also projects that the median new home price will reach $464,000 by the end of 2024, roughly $100,000 more than the new home prices in January of 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is run off the rails, and we wonder why mortgage originations are down three months in a row. And mortgage origination is down three months in a row. Mm-hmm. Submits, yeah. yep, apps, people putting in apps. I mean, at some point, you're going to hit a, a pain threshold when it comes to the price. The sticker shock is going to get you. Car sales are down seven in the last eight months. I mean, sticker shock is real when it comes to these. Well, part of that's inventory too. But by the way, no, who, no, who's if, buying if, the inventory? If you, if you, if you, Cox Automotive put a, a story out a few days ago and they anticipate that this whole supply chain thing, the supply ch- in, in autos is going to be unwound by the first quarter. You have lot after lot after lot after lot in Kentucky filled with Ford F-150 trucks waiting for one chip. But the, I mean, mm. they're, I mean, the inventory is sitting there ready to go. So, uh, no, uh, home prices are completely off the rails. We, 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 we get a weekly report from the Mortgage Bankers Association mm-hmm. to Fannie Mae's estimate. The median, uh, the, the, the average purchase loan as of yesterday's data was 406800 The average home price in Austin, Texas, median home price in Austin, Texas, $455,000. So the, 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 the lower cost states are pricing themselves out of the market because Californians are moving in. And they're like, it's a buy one, get one free sale. So they come in and they buy mm-hmm. one get because sure. they do they do the tax math of, of getting out from underneath that that terrible tax burden in California and they they they're like I can buy this house. I'll give you two anecdotes real quick. <clears throat> Shonda's aunt Aunt Kay, our beloved Aunt Kay, former belly dancer by the way. Um, that yeah, makes respect. her beloved <clears throat> exactly. Uh, bought a, moved moved to be near us when we were living in Phoenix. Bought a house I think for about one hundred and forty. 140,000 sold it she moved to Missouri sold it for like 450 mm-hmm. for had a bidding war and okay. then I had a friend that goes to Coeur d'Alene Idaho and you mentioned Idaho Pat in one of these states where the prices are, mm-hmm. are going right. crazy yep. so he used to go back and forth to, to Coeur d'Alene a little vacation home then he built a house recently within the past year built it I mean beautiful like a four seasons really nice interior guest house the whole thing all in at 3.2 wanted to you know there's going to be the place where they're going to spend half the year Constant knocks on his door, never put on on the market. Finally, someone knocks on the door and offered him $7.5 million, and he took the deal. 
didn't even live in the house for less than a year. Someone offered him 7.5, and he had to take the deal. So it is crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Montana is number one. There's there's a little town in Montana. Austin, Texas is number two. Boise, Idaho is number three. The three hottest housing markets in America. Whitefish. Let me let me ask you, uh, how much is rent up? Are you, have you have you studied 10%. those numbers? Okay, so at I'm, least I'm looking at the real.com. I'm gonna send this to you if you want to kind of a uh, uh, yeah. uh, matter of fact, just go type in the following. Type in is rent up. No, just type in is rent up and then go to news. Go to news. Yep, news and then go to the second one. Yeah, right there. There we go. This was fast. Tyler, this was the best one so far. So that was a good assist. And <laughs> okay, as rent explodes, say there you go. As rents ex- rent explodes nationally, New York City tops the charts. Go a little lower. One of the biggest comebacks in At least last time the city apartments were on a discount rack, rents had fallen 14% in 12 months. Since then, Gotham rents are up 32%, fourth among U.S. cities, according to a new report from Zumper. Uh, the median price for one bedroom is now $31.90. It's officially surpassed San Francisco. Nationally, rents are up 11.6%, above where they were last year. So, okay, so if, if rents are up 11.6%, mm-hmm. but real estate is up 20 uh, uh, what's the number? 20%, 25%? Easy. 18 to 20%, let's just say? 18% na- nationally. Nationally. What, what, what does that tell you? What does that tell you if the prices are going at a faster pace than rent is? Does that reveal anything? Right it, now, buying a house, relative to renting, buying a house is the most expensive it's ever been. As high as rents are. I've got I've got the data. Yeah, and then think about taxes. And that is a brain twister well, because, rents, yeah. are because rents are going up so so fast. Yeah, so so are you saying it's a better time to rent than it is to buy right now? Believe it or not. Well, but you have to remember Much. rent increases is a trailing indicator. Because first you have the price increase. And one year after the price increase, yeah. you have the property tax readjustment based on the sale. Sure. Then you've got the insurance that increases based on the, yeah. the ad valorem, the value of the underlying assets. So now the insurance is up. So what happens is rents usually increases, usually follow housing price increases like six to nine months, usually follow them. And right now is how many private equity firms are dedicating themselves to real estate portfolios and are buying up single family units? There's $75 billion has been invested in this single family build to build to rent. Mm Not buy yep. to rent, build entire community to rent. So you see what's there, about there, to happen, there, Pat? There's You're a suburb have giant of property owners in the private equity sector. Oh, they're massive. And the average American is going to be pushed into renting because they can't afford to buy. They can only afford to rent, but so, then the rent's going so up. So you asked about rents. So single-family homes, because yeah. this is a big Wall Street baby. This industry is loved by Wall Street. So Blackstone has the largest uh, single-family rental home uh, rental Portfolio. company. I saw that. Invitation yeah. Homes. So they're bragging on their most recent earnings call that for new leases, when they get a new renter in there, they're getting 18 19% hmm. over the past year. It's actually a brilliant move. 18 19%. Here it comes and that. Homeownership is going to drop. There are, there are, there are suburbs up. outside of Atlanta. There are certain, there are certain areas that, that are starting to clue in to the damage that these private equity firms are doing and saying, go away. I'm not permitting you. I'm not giving you the permits mm-hmm. to build this subdivision because you, have, you you effectively create like this entire generation of slaves. And they're they're in the right they're in the right school school mm-hmm. district and they're in a home that their family wants to be in. They feel like they're they have home ownership, but they're actually slaves to these massive above market rents, way above what you would for a multifamily apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but they don't want to move because they're in the right school district. So and they never they're, they're paying such a, such high rents that they're never saving up that three and a half percent for an FHA or 20 percent for a regular down payment. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a it's it's a way to ensure that there's 
like a, a cycle of poverty. But but let me ask you this: so Blackstone is not going to do this and make an investment just because of t- twelve months. They're not doing it for twenty-four months. They've been doing it, it for years. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, if you're doing that, you're foreseeing renters surpassing buyers at a, uh, a tremendous rate in the next five to 10 years. You wouldn't do that just for one or two years, right? But that's, but that's why they're going into secondary and tertiary markets. That's why they're building these communities in the exurbs, whatever is north of Frisco in, in Dallas. They're, they're building communities in Prosper. I got you. But they're doing it because they have to, because lot prices are so high, land prices are so high, that in order to make these crazy internal rate of return assumptions yeah. work, which you're, that's what you're speaking to. Yeah that they've got to go out into the damn hinterlands. Schwartzman is a genius. He's not going to make a, 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 a this big of a bet if he doesn't know it's going to be a good bet for the next five, ten years. And who years. just retired from Blackstone? Tony James, the number two. And who sold the firm that I used to work at? Tony James at the top of the market in 2001. Thank you. Are you just, leaving us something there? He uh, just retired t- two weeks ago, Tony James, the number two at Blackstone. Which means what? Well, I mean, some people know when to take the money and run. Okay, so uh, then, but that tells me a different story because what I'm trying to get to is the following. So uh, imagine a buyer's listening right now. Or Person, and, uh, and he knows how to top the market because he did it when he sold DLJ. How old was he when he left? Tony James. How old is Tony James? Tony James is probably probably seventy, maybe. Okay, if I had to guess. Fine, seventy. I mean, it's, it's you, you've made your billions. You want to go kick it a little bit and. Schwartzman's seventy-four. But Schwartzman is a psycho competitor. You know, Schwartzman is not a regular guy. Schwartzman yeah. is like some mm-hmm. of these guys are not going to slow down. If you ever read his material, no, the no. guy's freaking sick. I'm, I'm a Schwartzman fan. I think he's a guy I'm, that... I'm aware. Yeah, he... Uh, uh, he's. I mean, it, Blackstone's real estate portfolio loans about $56 billion. They bury any any player in the private equity real estate space. By and, and they were an LBO, LBO model, right? They were more of a leverage buyouts model. That's, oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you want to talk about the whole thing? Yeah. That's like $300 billion. I mean, it's just, they're, they're, they're a monster. Yeah, yeah. So one question for you. Yeah. So before we go to the next story, here's one question. So average Americans in average process-oriented jobs work from home would sure help these private equity firms that are building these massive portfolios out from city center, wouldn't it? The Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that 11, 11.1% of Americans are now working from home, less than a third of what it was mm. in the, at the peak of May of 2020. And now they're working from home 30 miles from downtown I got in a giant so American housing companies are demanding people that's owned come back by the, the private office. equity firm, and they have a nice school and a nice life okay. and higher risk. Then, then, then that's a shift. of my, That's a paradigm shift. But that's a shift but, that's— But we're down to 11%. No, it, it's with your point, yeah. Matt. You're okay. correct where you said they're thinking yeah. five, ten years out. Yeah. Yes. I, I, these guys are not dummies. I, when I see—listen, nope. when I see— People like that, they're not dummies. When, when I see politicians, that's a different Yeah, but remember, but, yeah. they created this model. Now the rest of the world is following them into this model. Yeah, but are you saying this is a negative? I mean, haven't, I mean it's basically a glorified apartment complex with it's nicer a, it's, homes. It's only a negative for the people paying those rents. Yeah, well, but they're making that choice. I mean, some people might want a nice house with a pool, you yeah. know, that's 30 miles outside of yeah. downtown. They are making that choice, Daniel. You can't say they're not making yeah. that they're choice. They're not, but, 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 but we do know from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that in May of 2020, there were more than three times the number of people working from home than there are today. It's just 11% of people. And there used to be a moment where mom outside and dad of New, would Outside own, of New York and California, people are actually back in the office. Just out of curiosity. Just, I mean, out of just a complete question that's off topic, but it is somewhat with the topic. When do you think everything will be back to normal with COVID? Um, 
like 100% like it used to be 2018? Maybe never. Maybe never. I don't think think business travels are ever coming back the way it used to be. Okay, but but wait a minute. You're saying, are you part of the never camp? Well, I'm part of the camp that COVID is being used politically and as a weapon, and I think they're going to hold on to that as long as they can for some degree. So I don't think it'll ever get back to how it used to be. What do you think? You know, I, I see a lot of busyness outside of New York and L.A. I see a lot of normalcy. Oh, so, so you're saying it's going to go back to normal? I'm, sa- I'm saying I'm seeing a lot of normality oh, that's already. Good. So what do you think? What's your timeline? What do you think? If you were to guesstimate and bet $10,000, what mean, would you if say? This, if this Omicron thing, whatever it yeah. is, that, that's apparently not as bad as No, we're, and they've said it? it. They've said it right off the bat. It's not, it took a couple of weeks to say it's not that bad. But so, there's going to be the next of course, thing that comes out, gotta, right? How, when do you think it's going to be back to normal? I, I think we're going to get about 85% back to 80, 85% back to the old normal, but there's going to be a bunch of new normals. Like work from home for processing job is a new normal. Less business travel, I think, will yeah. be a new normal. But I think we're going get, to get back to a point where we go to the restaurants, you know, the you can go to the ball game, you can go to a party at an event place. What's crazy is everything you're saying in Florida, it's all normal. Right. Like nothing's I'm changed. I'm talking national. I'm I know. That's what I'm saying. Like what California, you just said. Yeah. Without California yeah. saying, oh, yeah. my God, and being yeah. the nanny state. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next story here. Let's go to the next story. Let's see which one we want to go to. JFK. You guys want to go through that one? Top secret JFK assassination files are finally released. Lee Harvey Oswald was in contact with a member of a KGB two months ago, two months before uh, shooting and anonymous phone calls said Russia was behind it. Uh, trove of 1,500 documents revealed. This is on page uh, five. Uh, Biden said he wanted to do this. They finally did it. More than 1,500 of public comments. Okay. They include memos detailing anonymous phone calls from a U.S. embassy in Cabrera, in Canberra, Australia, a year before the shooting, where the caller said the Soviet government was plotting to kill Kennedy, and details of Oswald's meeting with a KGB agent at Soviet embassy in Mexico City two months before the shooting. Another call was placed on November 24, two days before the shooting, claiming the Russians were behind it. Earlier this year, Robert F. Kennedy, JFK's nephew, which I'm about to do a debate with him in the next two weeks, with him and somebody that he just wrote a book about Fauci, and it's not the nicest book about Fauci. It's amazing. Yeah. You read it already? I'm part of it. I started it, and a good friend of mine turned me onto it who read it, and he told me all Mm -hmm. about it. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're doing it. He's he's debating somebody (laughs) over the topic in the next couple of weeks. Cheryl Hines' husband, you know, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. You've talked to RFK before. Let me finish this time. Let me finish this time. I'm going to go. So JFK's nephew uh, fumed that some of the files would remain secret until next year. How the hell is it 58 years later, and what in the world would justify not releasing these documents, RFK said? By the way, these are not all the files. Some of the files are going to release next year, and some of them we may never find out about. Do you think, Tom, because I know you follow this story. You're somebody that's also curious about this topic. You and I have talked about this many times. Do you think we're going to learn anything new? No, I don't think so. Um, there was the speculation that, um, you know, that the Russians were involved, that the, you know, that the Cubans were involved, that felt betrayed by the Bay of Pigs, that the Teamsters were involved, that Sam Giacana was involved. And what I find interesting here is they're all pointing back to Oswald, which points back to the single gunman theory, which is the one thing that every scientific you know, analysis of all the, the echo and everything in the yeah. tapes. And Clint Hill, who you spoke to. Yep. Um, and the, the last, uh, I think he's the last living person that was in the first two cars. So no, you're saying nothing. Is anybody thinking anything new is going to come new, out? Daniel, nothing Nothing, nothing at all. Okay. They'll never reveal the stuff that actually tells you what happened. Because somebody has to know. Do you have a crazy theory on what you think happened? Like 10 seconds. What do you think happened? Uh, two options. Internally, mafia, because yeah. of dad, Joe, mm-hmm. or Russia has to be involved. What do you think, Danielle? I'm, I'm, with, I'm with my daddy. Was mafia? A boot, was a bootlegger. Yeah. You know, I, here, here's the thing. How... 
does a secret like that stay a secret? I mean, I know people that were. When I go places, people tell me things. I don't know what, what it is. You know, people just open up. Yeah. I learn who's you're sleeping like a, with who. You're like a priest. They, I, they just feel comfortable telling me things. Wow. And I just, Powerful. I, I don't know what it is. So Maybe it's my nice guy vibe <laughs> or something. But how do people keep secrets like this? How does not one person reveal what happened? Yeah. How do we not know? How is it even possible? Someone has to know. And it sure as the heck isn't one gunman. There's just no way. It's impossible. Right. I mean, if you go yeah. to the JFK, you mm-hmm. know, the site where yep. and you go to the, the yep. building, there, there's just down. no way. It's impossible. They play the tape and they show you four, four echoes. And, and then why was it so are... important to kill him the next day? I mean, there's just this is so fascinating. I wish we could learn. There's a, there's a lot of stuff there. I, I know uh, I interviewed Jack Barsky two weeks ago. His interview came out uh, yesterday. Jack Barsky was a former KGB member from mm-hmm. Germany. He got recruited, went to Russia. They trained him. And then uh, he came out. He did espionage. He did everything. So I showed him a video of uh, uh, Yuri Bezmenov. If you've ever seen Yuri Bezmenov's interview before, it's pretty sick where he's talking about the whole subversion and what they do and how they train and how Russia's trying to take over U.S. by getting their philosophies of Marxism in universities and professors and teachers and get the youth and eventually, like today's modern day of UC Berkeley is what they essentially were talking about, and they've been successful. So I asked him all these other things about the KGB. I said, was KGB involved? I said, no. Let me tell you what we did, the KGB. Number one, J. Edgar Hoover was never a cross-dresser. We planted that. I'm like, stop. Well done. He says he was never a cross-dresser. We told him and threatened him that we're going to do that. You know what else? The eight scandal, that was us. We made that eight scandal in America. We did that. I'm like, dude, I think you're gaslighting me right now. <laughs> but anyways, no one's going to know. It's a story. Uh, it's, it's another great opportunity right now for someone in Hollywood, Steven Spielberg, to make a JFK movie right yeah. now. Sure. It's Oliver a good Stone, timing. Be Go make another it. one. Uh-huh. It's been Change a while. the angle. And, and bring the mob and, you know, maybe tie, you know, Godfather 4 coming out with JFK assassination linked to it. Who knows? So I mean, let me I ask know. you a question. You know, do you yeah. think the, the immediate Kennedy family knows what happened? Maria, you know, just Maria, did Jackie know? Did, is, is it knowledge that's common, Listen, at least RFK in some circles? Is, a, is is known as one of the greatest environmental attorneys America's ever had. Okay? That's what RFK's reputation is, Right. In the environmental attorney side, he is the best, right? When he and I spoke the first time I interviewed him, I brought up the whole JFK uh, assassination conversation. This is a guy that explained it in such an eloquent way that to him, he spent his entire lifetime trying to find out what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't just his uncle. It was also his father. Father. It's emotional to this guy. So I guarantee you they know more than you and I think mm-hmm. uh, they know. I, 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 I buy that. That I buy. Yeah, I think, I think they know. I think they know. Um, maybe we'll bring RFK on You know what's really here. interesting about conspiracies and history? What's that? Right. So the mob always thinks a conspiracy is bigger and there's more angles to it. But the, when you take a look at the, the mafia and the conspiracy of kills around the families— Conspiracies only stay quiet long term if there's a small group of people and then what you always look for is the second kill. And so when you take a look at what happened with Kennedy, if Oswald was one of the gunmen, apparently he was, then you look at the second kill. Well, that was Oswald. And so a small group of people that then offs some of the people that were executing it, that's how the conspiracies work and that's how they stay secret. So when you look at things long term, the, if it's a big giant conspiracy, 
you know, it always leaks out and the truth kind of comes around. When it's a small conspiracy and you have the second and the third kills, then it stays quiet. <laughs> so and you're better off not knowing because you might be dead. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> that, like that's Oswald plus who else? Was, who was the guy? There's one guy I don't trust. Here's the one guy I don't trust. The one guy that I always just, no matter what I read, I just don't get a good feel about the guy is Lyndon Johnson. I just don't yeah. trust that guy. Yeah. Nothing about that guy do I trust. If you read up his legacy, the, the way he was wired, who he was, right. he hated Kennedy. When Kennedy called him to be the VP, he's like, who the hell no, do you think uh-uh. you are? I'm supposed to call you. <laughs> I'm the candidate. You don't call me and tell me to be the VP. I call you and tell you, do you want to be my VP? Yeah. I mean, Lyndon, <laughs> that was his fastest way to being a president. He was a pragmatist. Who knows? I mean, I'm not telling you he did it. All I'm telling you is if he was that motivated to be a president— Strategically, he got it done. Okay, and his mistress had some stories to say about it, but you're who right. Knows? In Catherine Graham's biography, who who was, used to be the publisher of the, yeah. of, the, of the Washington of the Washington Post, she tells all the bloody stories about the behind closed door and Lyndon yeah. Johnson and how he he and JFK he he hated JFK. Yeah, it, it, and her it, husband was in the room. So it's ninety-one hours after the assassination, Lyndon Johnson started the Vietnam War. After the French advisors had screwed up and lit the tinderbox. I mean, you just look at things like that, and it's it's a nasty, nasty guy. So for, here's here's the one thing uh, I think about: any president that was ever assassinated or character assassinated typically scared the hell out of the establishment. The establishment likes to pick who becomes the next president. The establishment doesn't like you to pick who becomes the next president. The establishment likes to pick who becomes the next president. As long as it's within the crew of who we are, okay, cool. We're going to be fine because we'll still have our card. We'll still have our parties. We'll still have the country club feeling, all that other stuff. You bring one of these guys that Lincoln out of nowhere comes in or you get a freaking— you know, uh, Reagan, who goes from Hollywood and comes in, and you were fighting communists, and you want to come in and be the president? What are you talking about? You're talking about John F. Kennedy and your father, who was Joseph Kennedy? We don't like people like you. Trump, we don't like people like Trump. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, if uh, the establishment likes people like Lincoln, Kennedy, Reagan, or Trump. They're not big fans of them. Not at all. This, yeah. is, this is why we ought to be very grateful to having a person like uh, Biden right now in the White House. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's just a Pat, very— you found a positive from him. That's great for Biden. It's, no, it's we... the, I've been reading a lot of uh, Norman <laughs> Vincent Peale lately. Give me a break. We've gone from clinically insane to medically dead. Give me a break. <laughs> Danielle, Danielle, but you didn't support the alternative. What alternative? When the alternative happened a year ago. You didn't support the alternative. You have two choices. Two choices between clinically insane and medically dead? Yeah, so so you... So you I'm proud to be an American? I mean, well, what I'm saying to you is, even a year ago, who, who was our options? We had two of them. Yeah. You had a Trump and a Biden. I know you did, and they were both Democrats. So you see, you see Trump as a Democrat? A New York Democrat, who okay. gave to both of Kamala's campaigns. And they've got Kamala, you know, locked in a in the basement somewhere. By the way, there is a precedent. You know, we, got, we were talking earlier about yeah. Biden being replaced. Yeah. We forget that Spiro Agnew was replaced during Nixon's term. So there is a precedent for taking your vice president out. Hmm. Just saying. Well, she's if it's not, this bad after one Spiro year. Spiro Agnew was replaced for the equivalent of a parking ticket nowadays. Well, true. And then eight months later, Kennedy was at, uh, uh, Nixon. Nixon was out of office. And then they put Gerald Ford in. So is it a form of blaming somebody else? It's like shifting blame? Is that kind of what you're thinking? I, I from, from everything that I've heard, yeah. you can't even put Biden and Harris in the same room together. He actually wakes up and gets angry enough that he's like, actually got a pulse. 
Huh. That actually could be a good thing, though. And, and no, like that, that can get maybe they should put her in the room right, <laughs> right before his, right yeah. before his press conference. Good morning. Conferences. It keeps him alive. Hey, yeah. No, they they need to put her in the room right before he goes up to the up yeah. to the podium like for the press conference because it'll be like whoa. <laughs> now we can do the conspiracy loop. Spiro Agnew gone. Gerald Ford becomes the vice president. Gerald Ford was on the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission investigated the Kennedy assassination. Gerald Kennedy Ford, cheated in Gerald the election Ford was a on badass. Richard Nixon. Gerald you Ford know, was a complete badass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up for Gerald Ford here. He was a military hero. He was a badass football player at Michigan. Yeah. I mean, two seasons undefeated. Gerald Ford was an amazing. You screwed up, Tom. Amazing president. Okay, you guys went from sisters to now enemies in yeah. 30 minutes. Gerald okay. Ford. Let me change the story. American. Let me change the story. Gerald Ford's uh, career at the, uh, as a uh, running back. Is, he, a, is, he, no, no, is he related to right. Charles? No, 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 I'm just messing around <laughs> right now. So Bloom, Blumenthal speaks at Communist Party Award Ceremony. This is a Washington Free Beacon. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut, spoke at an award ceremony over the weekend hosted by a Communist Party affiliate whose leaders used the event to recruit potential members to the, members of the organization. Blumenthal won the wealthiest members of the Senate, presented certificates of special recognition from the Senate to three winners of the Amistad Award uh, given annually by the Connecticut People's World Committee affiliate of the uh, Communist Party USA and the Marxist People World News site. Blumenthal was introduced at the event by Lisa uh, Bergman, a Communist Party member who blamed corporations for imperialism that exists in our world that is undermining the labor and environment. Uh -oh. uh, if you are not part of the Communist Party, we invite you to participate and contribute <laughs> and join. Bergman said after Blumenthal's speech, there's more and more people talking about socialism in this country as it becomes more and more clear that capitalism is not going to work for our future. God, Thoughts God. on that, Thomas? Um, well, you have to remember. Can you pull up Blumenthal? Just pull up Blumenthal. Capitalism builds the engine that Is yields the for taxes that socialism uses because you cannot perpetually print money. Otherwise, you end up like Greece. Uh, you know what? In 1980, 1990, this guy did this. Can you imagine the uproar? Remember the anti-communist sentiment that was back there? And this guy had done this 15 years ago, 25 years ago, it would be political death. Is, Should he, be. is, is he up for re-election next year? Curious. Now, take a look at the picture. He's up for embalming. Yeah. So. That's the most disturbing story in our whole portfolio here today. This one. I mean, this one really pisses me off. How this guy can actually show his face there and do this. By the way, he's worth $100 million. You know where the money come from? His wife. His wife. It's all real estate holdings. By the way, they own part of the Empire State Building. I know that's part of their, their ownership stake. Is, it's part of their wealth is owning the Empire State Building. Do you know who he beat Just a to humble become boy from senator? Brooklyn. You know who he beat? He beat uh, Vince McMahon's wife. Remember when she ran Linda mm, McMahon? Yeah. Linda McMahon. Back in, back in 2010. Linda yep. McMahon. So if, she, if we should have gone with the WWE character back then, yep. we'd be in a much better place. But how can he do this? How How is he not kicked out of the Senate? This is unbelievable that he would show his face here and be active with this, this program. This is shocking. I, I'm really shocked because I, I literally am not being inflammatory here. You go back 25 years, you go back 15 years, this guy would be on the headlines of every news did you, and would have just been political death. Did you see Kevin O'Leary and Bill Maher? Did you see Bill Maher and Kevin O'Leary together on the show? Can you pull up the transcript? Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Leary and Bill Maher. So they, he went up there, and Bill Maher, okay, who is a uh, liberal, talks about capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Just th That's plenty, buddy. Just type in capitalism. It'll come up. Bill Maher, Bill Maher. These people, Shark Lines, Bill Maher, workers are never... I want to show the video. I'm just worried if it's going to stay up or not. That's the biggest concern, if it would stay up. 28 seconds, if you don't understand. Click on that real quick. 
click on that real quick. Is it their YouTube channel or is it Twitter? Uh, yeah, we probably can't show that, so you may want to pause it. So anyways, they, they talk to each other, and Bill Maher says, I'm a capitalist. Capitalism works. Capitalism has been the system that's helped America get to where we are today. So it, 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 then you get communism, a speaker like that speaks out of communism. I wonder what CNN is saying about Blumenthal. Has CNN said anything? Has MSNBC said anything That'd about this? would be interesting this? to see. Yeah, yeah. because there's got to be something we're all together on. And well, CNN right. is shifting. I mean, see, right now, CNN is shifting, not centrist, but they're moving off of hard left in some of their news coverage. You hear it, you see it on the White House, yeah. you see it on Kamala Harris, you hear it on, see it on Saki. So there's something inside CNN that's turning the mm -hmm. dial from 11 down to about 8.5. Uh -huh. Yeah, the you survival agree? I totally agree. Yeah. And so Jay I'm Tapper, waiting. Especially. I want to hear one of those kind of pick up on this. You want to hear what he says? No, I want to hear one of these mainstream news bits kind of call out these things and talk about. Well, look, Omarova stepped down. I mean, look, look the, the, the strange thing about what Blumenthal did is that the winds of change have already blown. Virginia's happened. It's in the history books. And, you know, to, to, to continue to insist that this is going to – I like what you said earlier. Let's just sit back, eat popcorn – pop open a beer and watch the left side of the D Democratic Party rip itself apart. It's in a civil war right now. Okay, so check this out. I just typed in Blumenthal. Type in Blumenthal, Communist Party, and then go to news. Okay. Uh, just leave, leave, okay, go, go, go to all first. Go to all first. Well, there's the post, okay. but you would expect If you go to that. all, New York Post, okay, I got it. That's going to be on one side. Fox News, fine. Yankee Institute, fine. National, National Review. Review. There you go. Good. So let's see how National Review puts it. Go on National Review. Go on National Review. Send room of deliver speech to Communist Party. Let's see how they write it, how they word it. Keep going up. So for example, one of delivered a speech at the Orange Communist Party. Blumenthal attended events was, uh, uh, which was used uh, in part to recruit new members of the organization, present a certificate. And the Communist Party is affiliated with Communist Party. Okay, keep going a little higher. Keep going a little higher. I'm really excited about and honored to be with you today and sharing this remarkable occasion. Blumenthal uses a speech from President Biden's Build Back Better agenda and the Democratic House, including $15. The Connecticut Democratic House holding, holding corporations accountable. Blumenthal was invited to come to his party and ceremonial. If you are not already, okay, I mean, th there's nothing bad. Everybody's running almost right, about the same press him. Blumenthal is worth $100 million, largely because of his wife, who is a member of the New York real estate dynasty. He has come under fire for being unaware of all of his investments, including in the U.S. Shanghai LLC, a real estate company connected to the Chinese government, according to Washington Free Beacon. Go a little lower. Go a little lower. Go a little lower. That's okay. It. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you, again, if you guys are not on the same page about communism not being... This this was already addressed 50 years ago, you thought. You thought this was <laughs> yeah. over with. Yeah, exactly. And this is political treason, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. I mean, to go out there and support communism like this, and you asked if he's up for a re-election. He was elected in 2010, so he will be up in 2022, every six years. Good. So, I'm going to go become a, a, a citizen of the state of Connecticut. May, maybe he's out thinking all of us, and he's making himself such an unattractive candidate to make sure that it flips in Connecticut and you get a Republican in there. Well, let's go to a different story. Let's look at the low literacy levels among U.S. adults could be costing the economy $2.2 trillion. This is on page three. 
a new study of Gallup. This is a Forbes story. A new study by Gallup on behalf of Barbara Bush Foundation for Family Literacy finds that low levels of uh, adult literacy could be costing the U.S. as much as $2.2 trillion a year. According to the U.S. Department of Education, 54% of U.S. adults, 16 to 74, about 130 million p- uh, people lack proficiency in literacy, reading below the equivalent of a sixth grade. Wait, let me say that one more time. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away right now. According to U.S. Department of Education, 54% of U.S. adults, 16 to 74, okay, that's 130 million people, lack proficiency in literacy, reading below the equivalent of a sixth grade level. The average annual income of adults who are at minimum proficiency levels for literacy, level three, is below $63,000, significantly higher than the average roughly $48,000 earned by adults who are just below proficiency, level two, and much higher than those levels at level zero, which is 34. If all U.S. adults were able to move up at least to level three literacy proficiency, it would generate an additional $2.2 trillion of annual income. Uh, in the country equal to 10% of GDP. Tom. Yeah, it's unbelievable. If you had read me the wow. details of this story and said, what is the percentage of this being true? Yeah. I'd say 1%. I'd say there is no way that this is, but it is true. And it's it's incomprehensible. 130, that's over a third of us right now. Based over, on a, well over. Based well on over. a 335 Here, census. Here's and yet you've got this. I mean, you know, and then, and then you have these big cities where it's really, really bad. You know, in L.A., New York, Chicago, San Francisco. No Fs. You know, they said if these big cities, if, if 10%, they said the GDP would increase more than 10% in these big cities if they just got everybody up to the sixth grade yeah. level. That is mind-boggling. Yeah. And here, think about this, too. What's happened in the last year? Kids aren't learning anything. That's right. Right? Especially in big school districts in the big cities. It's a wasted year, and it's probably a wasted three or five years because they don't care. That's Their right. parents can't force them to go to school. Wait. So now you're raising a whole new generation that can't read or won't read, and it's the most easily fixable problem there is. I mean, if you think about it, to teach people to have, you know, just remedial English skills is not that difficult if the country wanted to, you know, embark it's on It's kind of difficult to get rid of teachers' unions, though, so... Well, what do you think about this, Danielle? What do you think about this? I think this is the teachers' unions. Can you unpack that? Look, if, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that the teachers are not advocates for the students. The teachers are advocates, advocates for themselves. And school districts, the way that they're designed, the, the money goes to the administration. There's way too much in the way of management. You don't pay teachers enough. We've learned that you can, you know, you could theoretically just go virtual. You could go virtual in the classroom. You could hire somebody for a million dollars a year, a rock star teacher, and have him teach the kids and have him be engaged, kind of like, I don't know, a Jay Leno or something, but just pay him a ton of money and then teach these kids. And you could do that, but you'd have to disband the unions. Wait, time out. Are you saying that you could do that virtually? Because I don't think kids would sit no, still. No, no, no. No, I, no, no. no. I, am, I am saying that you can do virtual teaching if you get somebody who kids are like, hot damn. I'm talking about like a rock star. I'm saying deplete the pool of educators in this country to where you get it to where you're you're talking about people who are so engaging that yeah. people are like, this is better than TikTok. I've got to I've got to go see this person because you, you don't yeah, pay yeah. you don't pay Maybe. teachers enough, and you pay administrators too much, and it's the structure of teachers' unions, and they've screwed over children, and I think that they should be I think collective bargaining should be made unconstitutional. I look at teachers' unions right now, and this has only happened in the last year, year and a half. They're a political organization. They always have been, though. Yeah, but they're more in your face about it now, and it's more evident that that's their strategy. Yeah. 
and, and it's all this great inflation and or deflation or whatever. You know, just let let them pass. You know, give give them trophies for participating. I can't believe this. A sixth grade reading level. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. But by the way, let me, let me tell you why I like this. I like this because, you know, it's it's selling me. So so, but this is being written by who? Can can you look at who wrote this article? Who's the person that wrote this article? Don't. I know it's Forbes, but I want to know who wrote it. Right, but you got to be careful with Forbes. I thought Forbes yeah. is owned by no, them. No, no, no. Forbes did this story is China. on, on a yeah. report, on a, on a big government. No, no, but go to that article, Tyler, and let's see yeah. who wrote it. That's like the USDA report that said that food stamps need to go up by 32%. That one. Editor's pick, Michael, who is he? Sen- he's senior a contributor. contributor. He's a contributor. I'm a former... University president who writes higher education. Go Google him. Google him. Uh, take his name and just Google him. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was at college. I was awarded a PhD in clinical psychology from University of Illinois in 1973. All right. Let's see who you are. As a retired National Missouri University professor. Um, and prior to that, it was promised of uh, University of Kentucky after retiring as president in terms of Missouri Governor J- uh, Jay Nixon. Okay, Governor Jay Nixon. I, I, ho- I hope he's the one who read this 52 minutes ago. The intellectual freedom that made public colleges great is under threat. No shit. The intellectual freedom that made public colleges great. Okay, go. In Washington Post? Go, uh, uh, by the way, Tom, who's Jay Nixon? Washington Post is trying to do a little bit of who's, CNN, who's by the Jay way. Nixon? Former governor of Missouri, right? I get that, but yeah. I mean, who oh. is he? Like, what was he? Uh, uh, okay, Democratic Party. He's probably uh, a monitor. Okay, it's very go, hard to be a hard. Go to his Twitter account. Go to go Missouri. to Mike's Twitter account. Intellectual freedom that may public. Okay, go to that second article right there with Washington Post. Yeah, right there. Click on that. The intellectual freedom that made public college great is under threat. Uh, family members at public universities are under fire in numerous states. Fa- faculty members at public universities are under fire. The face, they face a serious and growing threat to the academic freedom that lets them choose their research topics and determine what happens in their classrooms without political politicians looking over their shoulders. Across the nation, state legislators are proposing, proposing laws to limit the teaching of certain viewpoints on campus, curb the tenure system, or otherwise blur the already thin line between higher education and state politics. If states continue down this path, they will undercut the excellence of their own institutions of higher education, some of which will currently be counted uh, among the best universities in the world. They could send these institutions to downroll spiral as a gap of intellectual freedom secured at private universities. Okay. Uh, that's good. This is good conversation that well, they're having sentence in the last paragraph there. Offend the wrong on-campus constituency and university administrators will soon be lobbied to have the offending scholar banished from campus. This is great, but this is great. I like this conversation. That guy's so, got the right tone. Yeah, to me, to me, uh, I want to know what the Dems and Republicans agree on. What do we agree on? Can we agree that China is enemy to state number one? Yes. yes. Okay, great. Can we agree that communism doesn't work? Yes. yes. Can we agree that socialism doesn't work? Yes. Can we agree that the best social programs are created by a capitalistic system? Yes. Let's go through these things that we agree on. Okay, why don't we all, let's disagree on whatever you want to yeah, disagree I mean, who, on. Who reformed welfare, Bill Clinton? Yeah. Then, then let's go write these things that we agree on because the direction this article is going to, edu- to challenge people to get better. Listen, it's on you. You go increase your value in the marketplace. I love that. I think that's fantastic. That that conversation is being had. Andrew Cuomo ordered to return $5.1 million pandemic book profits to state. 
Uh, you think that'll ever happen. Uh, <laughs> New York, this is a New York Post story. New York's top yeah. ethics panel on Tuesday ordered disgraced ex-governor Cuomo to pay the state uh, $5.1 million in book profits he made on the backs of taxpayers amid the worst of the public uh, of COVID-19 pandemic. The extraordinary resolution was approved by the Joint Commission on Public Ethics a month after the ethics agency voted to revoke its uh, prior approval, allowing Cuomo to earn outside income from his book. American Crisis Leadership while he was still governor of New York, was uh, in the thrones of the deadly coronavirus. They rescinded its approval after concluding that Cuomo violated pledges not to use the state's resources or government staffers to prepare the book. He must pay the money to the state by next month. Do you think this is going to happen? Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I... Where were you when he was writing this book? Everybody was, you know, so supportive of him and they loved him. They should reclassify this book from nonfiction to fiction, right? <laughs> now, now for what we know of how he handled COVID. Yeah. So the advance was five million. He says he got two million, right? A million he put in a trust for his daughters. A million of that. Five hundred thousand he gave to charity. There's no way they're going to claw back any of this money. Here's the thing with the Cuomos. These guys are such fighters. I mean, these guys, these guys are brawlers. Their old man, the former Mario Cuomo, the old governor of New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a tough dude. I think it's going to be fascinating to, think, to see what happens with Chris Cuomo, too, right? Because someone has to scoop him up. These guys will tell secrets, I think. I don't think Chris Cuomo believed everything he said when he was on CNN. And, and these guys, I, I, I think this is a treasure trove of information if you could get Chris Cuomo to open up about some of these. I think Fox News should hire him, by the way. But here's the other thing I saw from this story. The FBI is <laughs> investigating it as well to see because he had staffers working on this book, which is illegal, yeah. allegedly. Right. So he had a lot of his staff doing the research, helping to write this book. And and uh, and you can't do that. So they have some, I think, some legal grounds to try to go after this money. But he's going to fight it. And you already heard the quotes from his lawyer. He said, I'll see you in court. So what do you think? I, I'm with you. I think I think I'm, I'm Italian. So everything he said, I agree with. And Mario was a badass. Yeah. Mario. Was and they're a likely they're, and, and I think your idea about Fox News is brilliant. Mm -hmm. By, by the way, with that story, with the uh, Fox News story being brilliant, you saw Wallace went to CNN, mm -hmm. right, on their app. And then uh, Howard Stern says, who gives a shit? No, one's wa no one watches CNN's apps anyway. So what are you going on there for? Uh, and then uh, uh, what's it called? Brian Williams uh, 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 yep. resigns. Yeah, he He's left. Bye-bye. Yeah, so, yeah, so he leaves Wallace to CNN. What do you think about what's going on here? You, what did that negotiation sound like with Wallace? Was it kind of like, well, CNN, you ain't looking too good. I think it's a good time you hire a conservative. I'm a good guy to hire because I'm pretty safe. But here's what I want from you. If you give me these things, sure. I'll come. If you don't, I'm not coming. And CNN needed that victory to say, we got somebody from Fox. You think that's the play? No, I don't know. Because if you take a look at Chris Wallace, he was not expensive. Brian Williams was very expensive. What, so was, what was Fox paying Chris Wallace? Fox, well, Brian Williams was like at four and a half a year. And they were stuck with him because it was this long-term contract. And then he had the... You know, I was being chased by helicopters with gunfire and everything like this, and the lies that he told about all that. Yeah, I think he was making more and than four and a half. Seven million. Wallace yeah. was paying, paid seven yeah. million by that Fox. Does, that does not wow. That's insane money yeah. up there. Telling you right now, you know, he was paid seven million. What was Brian salary. paid? Fifteen, twenty. I mean, when he was the, when he was doing nightly news, he was, he was making fifteen news, yeah, or twenty that's a whole for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, but the, but you're right, Patrick. There's a lot of shuffling going on. Chris in, Wallace in the media also right now. Chris Wallace also has the name Mike Wallace. You know, he's got the lineage there. So there's there's that. Ten million. I think. You know, Chris Wallace is a Democrat, and a lot of Fox News yeah. watchers were getting irritated with him, just like they were I, I, Shepard I like, Smith. I like. I, I thought he was a fantastic. Well, he I tried. Like Wallace. The, there's a very, very famous very interview measured. that he did with Bill Clinton. Yeah. And Bill Clinton came out of his shoes and was leaning into his face, right into sure. his grill. Yeah. Well, remember remember when he moderated the debate and everybody was all over Chris Wallace because he wasn't hard enough on, on the Democrats? You could kind of see that. 
you know, he really did. And after 18 years with Fox News, you probably want to go somewhere else and have a little bit different perspective, spin that you can put on stories. And I think it's it's not just a show. It's it's CNN digital. Right. So it's going to be a different type of format. He probably just needed a, a challenge in his career. Yeah, but it's just like Are Katie you kidding Curry. me? Katie who? Bill O'Reilly has faded into the. Uh-uh. Oblivion? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. And Katie yeah, Kirk? But, but, but different circumstances. He was ousted because of sexual harassment. True. And nobody else hired him. You know, he's going to be front and center at CNN, be the face of their digital. What, what I, I bet th- they paid him 12 million. What do you think Brian's going to be doing next? I, I Brian Williams? I yeah. couldn't find CNN Digital. If you, I, I, I can't even Google CNN Digital. I don't, yeah, think there's any, I don't think there's any market for Brian Williams whatsoever. I don't think he'll get a job. I don't think he'll get a high-level network job. No way. And I don't see him being savvy enough to go the Glenn Beck route or anything like that. And he doesn't have any particular views that you buy into. I never bought Brian Williams in general. No, because I wasn't he does a big not fan. have a magnetic position. There's not a magnetic position the way there always yeah. was for Rush. There always was for Beck. There always was yeah. for Hannity. You know what I'm saying? They have that center that's at the cult that of personality. That I, yeah. I, think, I think you have to have enemies to be cult like. Brian Williams wasn't necessarily a guy that had too many enemies. He'll be like Matt Lauer, just fade away in the Hamptons. What the Warner Media Discovery deal means for CNN and Jeff Sucker? What, what am I looking at? CNN's about to be acquired by Warner Media, and their ratings are obviously tanking. So you have to wonder between Chris Wallace, Chris Cuomo, et cetera, what, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to shake things up? Are they trying to get more moderate to bring their ratings up? Like, they have to do and, something. They're a sinking and ship. And Jeff Zucker has no clout in the deal. Have you noticed that? Going through it, he's got no position coming out of the deal. Discovery's going to run the thing. It's a good point you make, mm. Tyler. There. So, so what, what what are you saying? Are you saying um, are you saying like they have to become moderate because no one wants nobody wants to buy CNN uh, type of a business? Model? I don't. I don't think they have to become moderate per se, but they have to move away from the far left, almost propagandist brainwashing. Get away from the Brian Stelters and 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 that kind of stuff. It's, which is where a a Chris Wallace sort of moderate can come in mm-hmm. and change things up. I think Jeff Zucker will be possibly gone after this like you look at, at what they did after bringing back jeffrey tubin yeah i mean it's they they've just completely shot themselves in the foot and they have to do something that's, Daniel, that's what, my what, read. Do you, what, what do you get your news from what do you watch i don't i don't listen to anything i watch bloomberg you watch bloomberg well okay. but because it's bloomberg tv it's got like information i got all you that's a different screen. story though yeah yeah that's a different story that, but the, I mean, the thirty-five thousand dollars a year type of deal you talk about that you talk about the membership of bloomberg no i mean i mean the television station okay, bloomberg tv because it. it's got all the information on it. i got you i mean but like, you don't listen to you don't watch or listen to anybody is there anybody that you would say i kind of like hearing this person's perspective or two I think, um, remember, my second master's is in journalism, so I totally believe in the, the idea of fair and balanced. So I think, I think Brett Baer is a, is a, good, is a good journalist. I'll, I'll, I'll watch him on the evening news, you know, if, you know, if I had to watch the evening news, but I don't. I watch Bloomberg Asia. Tom, how about yourself? Uh, in the morning, it's CNBC, Squawk on the Street, Morning Bell. I think, and I like the way that they put news stories in, and they kind of yeah. just give you a like a, a middle very, of the road that's cover. That's all glitzy. It's all that's all entertainment. I just want the I just no, want the friggin' information. No, but then I go to then I go bounce back and forth between Fox Business and CNN Business, and you know I'll scan you know a bunch of uh, news grabs like um, Business Insider. I'll scan that. 
But um, I don't have one guy that yeah. I, that is my go-to. You know, I used to be such a news junkie. I worked in news. I was an anchor for 15 years. I don't watch any news. I do not sit down and watch a local newscast mm-hmm. or a national newscast. But I consume. No, local news is scary. Yeah, I consume information it's all day. Scary. But there's a lot of. Crime I, I just I force myself to get a balance. And you know what? I, CNN is unwatchable. But CNN Business is is a very tolerable site to read. I have no problem reading CNN Business. I'm, I'm regularly. I like for reading CNN the New York Business. Post. Yeah. You know, I, I like the Daily Mail sometimes, but. You, you always get bought, you get sucked into the agenda that they all have. And they all have some sort of oh, agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So I just tell everybody just to, you know, don't go deep on watching news. No, I, I mean, it will the, ruin the, your the, life. The Financial It'll make you Times so depressed. is becoming woke. Mm. I mean, it's really no, difficult right now to, to not, it, it, it's really difficult to find just unvarnished information that's not in some way tainted by the editorial team. You can't even. I've got friends who work inside the Wall Street Journal, who work inside the Financial Times. Well, here's one great example. Pat, did you hear about this story? So Sunday Night Football, Michelle Tafoya is the sideline reporter, right? So she hasn't been on the games for the last three or four weeks. Yep, I saw that. Okay, so now they just announced that she's not coming back. This is going to be her last year. And NBC said that she wasn't working the previous few weeks because it was a bye week for her, which makes zero sense. All right, why would you have your star sideline reporter take a week off, you know, when the NFL season only goes 17 games? So what happened about a month ago is she was on The View, and she sat in the conservative chair, okay? So for one day, she was on The View, and she said on The View that day that she thought COVID was more like flu, right? She downplayed the significance of COVID, and since then, she's been whitewashed. She's been banished. She hasn't been on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. and now she's done. And pretty much that's why people are saying it's happening. She will have a job within 30 days if she wanted yeah. to. Michelle Tafoya yeah. is a beast. She's not going to have a hard time finding a job. Yeah. And she's smart and she's multi-sport and she doesn't need the producer in her ear. She reads the games really well. Yeah, yeah. she's not going to have look, – look, if she wants – look how quickly she'll land a job. Michelle, well, if you're listening or if anybody knows Michelle, reach out to Value Team. We would actually offer a job to her because she's a monster. Exactly. I actually love uh, the way she uh, – her salary, if only something. we had someone on staff that was already looking sports into sports. Okay, check this out. So, uh, 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 what? Her salary is $1.96 million. No, net worth is $1.96. Mm-hmm. Her salary is $27,000 a month is what her salary is. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. It's what's showing huh. right now. $27,000 a month, abtc.ng. So, someone's going to pick her up. So, she gets six grand a game. Here's uh, $200,000 a year is uh, $200,000 a year is what her salary is. Remember, ESPN doesn't pay as well as people think they do. Right, right, right. People no, think don't. ESPN yeah. pays very well. Mm-mm. NFL refs make more than that. They make way yeah. more than that. And and Michelle is got a lot of clout. She's got a lot of credibility. Yeah, you know? she's been around a long time. She's, yeah. she's like older. Michaels, she's 57, I think. You, you hit news. Well, like Al Michaels, yeah. she's and, also and so multi-sport. She, has, she hasn't taken anything yet. She's multi-sport. No. She's covered NBA. Oh, I see what you're saying. On the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she also slammed NBC's no, Michelle. Okay, let me pull this one up because you just brought it up. Uh, uh, longtime uh, NBC Sports sideline reporter Michelle Tafoya is changing roles after criticizing Colin Kaepernick's Netflix series for liking the NFL to slavery during November episode of The View. Uh, and it, yeah, I remember this uh, uh, back and forth with what she said. No one. Uh, pressures them. So this was again on the View. No one pressures them. She told View co-host Sonny Hostin, Hostin on uh, November 3rd's episode, prompting criticism on social media. They're not forced to go into the NFL. Tofoyo, who has uh, been on the NFL sidelines, etc., etc. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. Yeah. She's a beast. She stood her ground when she spoke to those guys. She she definitely did stand her, stand her ground. Uh, uh, San Francisco Democratic Mayor London Breed, after backing defunding police, reverses need aggressive. Policing. So now these folks are realizing 
cops are good. Okay, that's a good sign. We're going in the right direction. Okay, so now, no, we're, we're keeping count here, right? China's bad, communism ba is bad, and cops, cops are, are good. good. Yes, Got it. Okay. that's right. That's okay. By the way, that's what I like. Now we're realizing what we agree on, right? Oh, yeah. San Francisco, reverse is coming. A far left movement that is well outside the mainstream is now calling those same progressive policies the bullshit that has now destroyed our city. Breed's remarks appear to contradict her prior position when she came out and supported the far left defund the police movement in the wake of the death of the, uh, George Floyd last year, saying that the incident brought forward the devastating impacts of police violence against African Americans in the country. In July 31st, 2020 statement, Breed said that uh, she was seeking to divert more than $100 million from the San Francisco Police Department to social justice programs. What happened? So, what look, nothing her prior it, this block used to be for first time homebuyers, then global investors bought in. Well, boom. The nice. story in the Washington Post. Yeah, oh, I see. I see. This the story block. is going to get bigger so this, and bigger and bigger. So and it's bigger. this block of the neighborhood used to be for first-time homebuyers, yeah. then global investors. The story is going to go. be grande. Look, she had a problem. San Francisco has had this issue for 10 years, long before the unfortunate situation, terrible situation with the loss of George Floyd and things went along with that. She ran on clean the city up, and she got there on liberal policies but there is also an undercurrent of we got to do something because this has been going on for 10 years that was her original position she moved her position under the political pressure because she had to follow everything that happened she had to follow the defund she had to follow that she had no freaking choice that wasn't what she wanted to do and now you're seeing exactly the person that ran for mayor coming back saying you know what the bs that destroyed our our city she doesn't want to be on the hook for it. You know, you know, you know what I like, Tom. Let me tell you why I, I'm okay with that. Here's why. I am too. I think she's coming back to yeah, the yeah, original but, but, position. But, but here's here's what happened. Two years ago, the board made a suggestion on what they wanted to do. I think you remember this. Two years ago, they said let's oh, change oh, the comp oh, structure oh. to X Y Z. Okay, one of our board members didn't like the way I had the comp set up, and I said I just want you to know if we change the comp to this, here's what the side effects are going to be. He says, I don't know. Let's do it anyways. I said, no problem. <laughs> For two months, we did exactly what the ask was. Those two months, the numbers dropped 30% for those two months. Then in March when we did that meeting, do you remember the conversation? Mm -hmm. In March we did the meeting. Here's what the board said. You know what? This didn't work. Patrick, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, Pat, and that was kind of the board meeting. And then we went back to what it was. And then guess what happened? Everybody now believed in the comp structure. There's a part of me that thinks that's okay. It's okay for us to test certain messaging at time to see how it goes. We learned defund the police was a terrible idea. Guess what? Now it's fully documented. So yeah. now nobody can go back to cops or bad. Of course there's bad cops. Of course there's all this other stuff. But we need cops. Nine one one is a powerful method. That's the first thing you think about when somebody breaks into your place. And you should still be able to have that luxury. Yeah. yeah, that's really a point. And the board learned in a very straightforward way that the motivations of sales forces in years gone by doesn't necessarily apply today. So they learned too. Yeah. And now they don't dispute it. Now they're thinking and helping in ways. Show don't tell. Two things she's probably dealing with. Would anybody in their right mind think of going to San Francisco on vacation right now? You, it wouldn't even enter your, no your, your thought process. And it used to be That's a sad. glorious city. Can you imagine oh the gosh. tourism dollars that they're, they're missing out oh on? Oh, my gosh. I mean, she, I, I, used, I used to go every six months just for a long weekend. It's Love amazing. San Francisco. I mean, I went to college. Up, it was just amazing. It was a great place. It was magical. And no longer. It's, it's, it's a hellhole right now. But for her to say, 
destroying our city for a woke mayor like that to say that. That's great, though. I, I agree. And, and here's the thing. The people that they were catering to, that they wanted to protect, they, those people are not political. So when this rampant crime is hitting, they don't give a crap who they're hitting, I mean, who they're affecting. And I guarantee a lot of her donors and supporters are business owners that are getting crushed. And they're feeling pressure right now, which yeah. is which is forcing them to do this. So next in line, hopefully is Chicago, Lightfoot. Hopefully it's Garcetti before he heads off to India. And what's your guys' take on the new mayor in New York? He's going to be a better alternative, isn't he? Yes. Could okay. anybody yes. be worse? I, think right. so. yes. it's, I mean, there, it may... yeah. he's a, he's a touch that... over toward the moderate side, okay. although he's not a pure play moderate. But he's leaning back but that way. But for New York, he's the, he's the right guy for New York. But he, he's yeah, much he, better than de Blasio. He, oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. I mean, de Blasio Speaking of communists. tore down Thomas Jefferson's statue in front of City Hall, oh for my God's God. sake. Two people that destroyed cities. Garçon, the, the, the district attorney in Los Angeles, and de Blasio in New York. Two people I don't think have done more damage December to major cities than anybody else in history. Just, we need to well, get December 31st in, here and get him out of office. You know, in San Francisco, she's at odds with the, um, with the DA. You know San Francisco. Oh, of course, because he was Soros, Soros's guy, the DEA. Correct. So she said, "That's a good that sign. Guy. That's great. That's fantastic." There's a tension there. You know, the guy that refuses to prosecute anybody, and then she, who doesn't want to lose her job as mayor, she was elected to in the next election because people are like, and I think she's correct. She's coming out saying the BS that destroyed our city. She got put in a in a in a horrible vice at the middle of just a huge sway of what was happening in America at the time. And she I, got I, pinched right into it, and she she didn't want all of it. And she went with it, and now look, she has to come back. I think bail is going to make a comeback in big <laughs> cities. I'm what just, is? Bail. Bail? Make bail great again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's make bail high again. Uh, <laughs> make bail we'll, exist we'll, again. We'll let you out on your own recognizance yeah. if you promise to come to court, okay? And, and don't rob No the more smash don't, and grabs. Don't rob, them, don't rob that other bodega yeah. tomorrow. Uh-uh-uh. No. And question. No, no, question. Jeremy. No, no, Jeremy. One more time. Scout's honor. Question for you guys. Are you optimistic about 2022? I am. I'll answer that question right away because I'm seeing some signs here. And plus, there's, a, there's an opportunity for real change to happen. So I am optimistic. Hell yeah. I'm, up, I'm optimistic about 2022, but I think it's going to be a painful process. But I'm optimistic of what's going to come out on the what other side. What do you mean side. by painful process? I think it's going to be a painful process with the economy. It's going to be a painful process for people like uh, Mayor London Breed. I think it's going to be a painful process throughout the year with the, the next wave of COVID. But we're going to get down to the midterm election. And I think we're going to look back at the end of the year and say, wow, I'm glad 2022 is over. But I think we made some progress here, here, and here. Yeah, I, um, I I think that there's probably a recession in our future that, that people are not anticipating. I don't think it's going to be an easy year, in but I think we're going to get to the end of the year. How, I mean, how but however, let me see what she has to say. To uh, look, uh, with with any luck, because it's a midterm year, yeah. there's not going to be some crazy fiscal spending to the rescue because you won't be able to pass the legislation. I think Tester and Cinema and Mansion have drawn the line, and I think they're going to hold the line. So I think even if we do have a recession, it's not going to be totally overreacted with more fiscal just insanity. So again, and that will that will probably boost the midterm chances and I think the country's ready for change. I just I hope the Republicans that have also spent like drunken sailors don't win back the House and the Senate and then spend on what they want to spend on and run the debt up even more. I, I really want for all of this rhetoric to actually be sincere 
And for us to actually step back and say, we need to look at entitlement spending, this is fiscal spending gone wild, we really need to step back. And, and that's what Manchin's been saying, we need to step back. And so I'm hoping that politicians in the, in, in the center, and obviously the GOP, I'm hoping that they prevail, but then stop and pause and say, you know what, we had some really crappy policies after the pandemic hit. The, the Dow is 36,000 today. Next yeah. year today, will it be oh, higher I'm, or lower? I'm not, I'm not. Well, next year, next year, will it be higher or lower? Dow. I think it's going to be flat year over year. Okay. Because there's a lot of forces. You think, think it'll be a flat year? I think it'll be a flat year. You think recession's going to take uh, affect the uh, Dow tremendously if a recession comes? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be flat like this. I think it's going to be one of these. Okay. I think we're going mean, to see it drop. We've seen, we, we've seen volatility come back, yeah. and I think that we need to get used to that. We, mm -hmm. The current generation of investors is kind of like, like on Prozac, has been. But the bumpiness that we've been experiencing, I think you better just buckle up, buttercup, because it's, it's, it's going to stay bumpy. So what do you think the number will be at the end of next year? I, no clue. No. I say down. Because I think it's going to go down, but I think that the midterms will bring it up, but that's November. I think the better question is to ask, if a recession happens, is it going to negatively impact the market? Yes, because saving the market last time required not just the Federal Reserve to ride to the rescue, but the fiscal authorities to ride to the rescue. You needed a double-barreled approach. So the Fed can't go at it alone. And during a midterm election year, there's not going to be some massive fiscal spending bill. Mitch McConnell won't have it. You just hope Manchin doesn't retire or step away and sit out. I don't think he will. If anybody no has not seen, if anybody's not seen the, the, the Bloomberg interview of him, David Rubenstein from yeah. the Carlisle Group, yeah. he interviewed Manchin recently, and it was epic. It was so awesome. So catch that. Fantastic. We will definitely do that. Awesome. Okay, great show, guys. Uh, we will not have a show next week. Well, uh, on Monday, I'm hosting a business planning workshop uh, that we'll be doing. A lot of you guys asked about it. We're finally doing it. It'll be a Zoom uh, that we'll do a business planning workshop all day from uh, 8 till uh, 8 at night. Uh, if you haven't yet registered, we're going to put the link below for you to go register for this business planning workshop. If 2021 was an okay year for you, and maybe you hit less than 50% of your goals and you want to increase the number of percentages of goals you hit, you may want to join us for that business planning workshop. It'll be myself and Tom next Monday. Register. We'll see you there. Having said that, we are not going to see you yeah. until after Christmas. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry All Christmas. of you, Merry Christmas. we'll see you after that. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.